the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. Hello, adventurers. Welcome back to the Storyteller Squad. Thanks for joining us for more Monster of the Week. Before we begin, let's check in with our heroes. I have seen The Matrix. If there's one lesson I've learned from it, it's that when you're in the subway and there's an evil guy there, unless you're the chosen one, you run the other way. Do I look like Raven's brother? No. I'm Hugo Rashad. (laughs) Hey, Aiden, do you think you could pull some different strings for us? Moth Madam is cool and all, but in all honesty, I wouldn't mind having an actual one of those cherubim at my back, you know? I'm Lonnie Wicker, and we could really use some reinforcements here. I tried so hard to not fall into the stereotypical jealous girlfriend thing when Aiden was talking about this friend of hers, but now that we've met her, I'm just... Why didn't Aiden tell me that she knows the Moth Girl? I'm... I'm a little hurt. I'm Raven Eugenia. (laughs) Wow. Storyteller. Storyteller. Storyteller squad. Thundercats. Oh. (laughs) Hey, you going to give your name, Thundercat? (laughs) Damien Edgecrest. (laughs) I was so proud of myself when I thought of that. And then watching Natalie just not understand what I did was... Your spear was the cutting edge. The cutting edge crest. Perfect. I'm so sorry. Right? I'm a big glowing spear. Like... (sighs) Oh my God. Past life trauma? Check. Present life trauma? Also check. Trans moth girl? It wasn't on my list, but I'll take it. I'm Felicity Starnbrook. So maybe I have a type. That's not weird, right? Lots of people do. It's fine. I'm Aiden Brightwood. Let's have an adventure. Last time, our heroes left the woods of West Virginia and traveled to Washington, D.C., where they planned to meet with a contact of Aiden's, who she said was a powerful illusionist, someone who might be able to help them trap or at least distract Beelzebub and buy them some time to figure out the situation with Damien and the spark. When our heroes traveled to one of the metro stations to pick up Aiden's friend, they were greeted by a grotesque scene of carnage when one of the trains arrived, and stepping off of it was the Demon Lord's latest abomination. This creation, however, seemed much more intelligent, ruthless, and keen on ending our heroes' lives than any others that came before them. Schnellegeist, or the Snallygaster, seemed to possess abilities from multiple demon lords and put our heroes through a grueling contest in the metro station, putting several civilians at risk and pushing our heroes to their limits. Fortunately, 
backup arrived when a golden beam revealed the form of an angelic defender arriving to supposedly assist the first light in their battle against this demon. While that backup scared away the monster, it turns out it was in fact Aiden's friend, Coraline Duskhart, who had shown up with a well-timed illusion. After introductions were made, Coraline announced that she is somewhat known to folks within the supernatural and cryptid community, revealing herself to be the cryptid known as Moth Girl. And that's where we left off. So, Hunters, what do you do? You're an illusionist, right? Can you get us out of here as discreetly as possible? Yeah, that's kind of my thing. I see subtlety still isn't your thing, huh, Aiden? Saving people in dramatic fashion as usual? That's kind of what we do. She puts on her sunglasses again. No judgment here. Let's do some magic. And she snaps her fingers, and what pours out of her wrists is a dark black smoke that just starts to pool around the base of the platform and eventually begins to rise and fill this portion of the station that you are all in. Easy enough. You guys can just find your way up the escalators and get out of there. Did we destroy any security cameras or do we need to? I think we made a point of not, at least at the beginning. Yeah, I think you made a point to not. And at this point, it's recorded, so not much you can do. The fire alarms start to go off, though, and the rest of these civilians are leaving. There are police cars pulling up, uh, you know, and and arriving to deal with this horrible uh, incident, or the leftovers of it, at least. But Coraline just sort of puts her hood up, the baggy, like, sweatshirt that she's wearing, and looks to Aiden once you all exit the uh, top of the station out into the sunlight again. If we need to make ourselves scarce, we can head over to my place. Do we actually want to stay in the city? Moth Girl says, I'm not downtown. Lead the way then. You have a vehicle, I assume. We do. Aiden looks to Whitaker and she says, Do we maybe want to leave the trailer for now? Oh yeah, we're leaving the trailer. It's truck only for a while. You can all quickly grab some of your belongings and clothes and things from the trailer, stuffing what you can in bags in the back seat of the truck with Ruby, but then you unhook it and leave the trailer behind as you drive away. Whitaker, act under pressure. Yeah. Just to remain inconspicuous and maybe take back roads or a roundabout way to get where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Ten. Very good. Having been part of a government agency for a while, you know you know the techniques they would use to try and track you. So you maybe sit in traffic for a while and find a similar colored vehicle to then drive through an overpass with and change lanes. And Oh yeah, we do the whole baby driver thing. <laughs> but generally... Corey is quiet and just on their phone. It's going off constantly. And uh, occasionally they'll just point and say, Up here at the Wawa, take a left, then go for a few miles till you see a sweet green. We're going to take a right at that fork. And she's just using local shops and things to give you directions. You guys maybe see a, a patrol car or something, you know, just sitting watching. And Corey like looks up from her phone for a second, snaps her finger, and from a view outside, we see a shimmering copy of your truck sort of shift over into an empty lane and pull up to this red light you're stopped at. And then as you take a right turn, it drives forward just to continually disguise and misdirect from where you're all headed. Hmm. Useful friend. Mm. You guys are headed out of the city itself into the more 
suburban and then even beyond that into areas with like country clubs and grand looking estates and you reach one area where it's like private community do not enter and Corey just is like right through the gates that way uh Whitaker has been glancing at Aiden every now and then throughout this giving her the yeah we're good to trust this person kind of look Aiden gives you a serious nod but she does look a little uneasy you might want to talk to her privately once you actually get there all right but you drive through this little community and you see these long driveways that lead to these big big houses and eventually you reach sort of the end of a cul-de-sac and there is another driveway that leads down just a simply paved little road lined with evergreen trees and Corey has you pull in there and as you drive in the woods beyond where this driveway is paved start to get thicker and a little thicker and eventually you pull in and it opens up to reveal this three-story very fancy looking mansion modern design lots of glass panels and balconies and rooms with terraces that lead off with glass doors and canopies and things with little light features outside worked into the landscaping ferns and conifers and mostly like evergreen trees uh, with a few deciduous trees kind of just sprinkled in manicured forest when you pull in, there's several cars parked kind of helter-skelter. No one is bothering to park neatly or in a line or like in a way that would make getting out easy. There's just vehicles everywhere. <laughs> got kind of a community here. What? They look up from their phone. A lot of people living here. What's the other cars? Oh, those are mine. Sorry about the mess. And Corey gets out and starts heading towards the house. Uh, before anyone else leaves the car, Whitaker just turns around, looks into the back seat, and gives everyone a once-over, and he says, Do yourselves a favor tonight, and don't look at the news, turn off your notifications, try to distract yourselves, all right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be too busy doing something about this gash in my chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Everyone's still pretty hurt. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we'll get, hey, we'll get the first aid out. Somebody please help you go walk. I'm fine. <laughs> you are bleeding all over my fucking car. Raven's gonna help you go in. <laughs> Felicity is also extremely hurt. I'm just gonna start rolling a bunch of medic checks real quick. Anyone who's unstable probably should have gone up one more on that car ride. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> what are people at if everyone takes one? If I take one, I'm at five. Five. Yeah, Aiden would hit five if she didn't get anything. Jesus, all right. Okay. I'm five. Felicity is one away from dying. You're at six, Felicity? Oh yes. Oh. All right, fine. I'm going to start with Felicity. Let's go. Let's all get in the house. First things first, first aid. All right. So I'm just rolling a whole bunch of shit right now. Give me a second. Felicity, you're stable. Heal one. Um, Hugo, I accidentally kill you. No, that's fine. <laughs> I need someone to help out on that. Uh, I can help out. Please do. I rolled a 10 to heal Felicity and stabilize. I rolled a 6 to heal Hugo, so that could use a little bit of help. That is a 9 for help out. Lovely. That'll do it. Woo. You probably strain yourself a little bit in the process. <sighs> you are exposed to trouble or danger, but I have something for that. We'll just finish this up first. Someone did point out in one of the Discord communities that the first aid kit, like the medic skills specifically that 
the professional has access to is way more reliable for healing than magical healing, unless you maybe have like lay on hands or maybe have something like Damien has. Oh, yeah. Oh, we learned that the hard way, didn't we? I know. So y'all got to stop trying to heal each other with magic. (laughs) Aiden has lay on hands, though, right? Yeah, she does. Okay, you do that. Ten. You can heal two and stabilize Raven. Thank you. Who is helping her? Whitaker's healing as many people as he can, so Aiden, get over here. Do you need help too, Damien? Uh, I need healing. I'm going to say that actually, Whitaker, you can't help Aiden or Damien. Eh, fuck's sake. Well, he could help Damien, but we're not, we're not going to be doing that. Damien, you could try to heal yourself. I'm going to do something with Aiden that ties into Raven's trouble or danger. <laughs> I'm going to use Damien's heal three, and it's very painful. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Damien! That's double ones. Oh, no! What happens if you fail that roll? So it doesn't say much. You can use magic to heal three harm, but the process is exceptionally painful. On a seven to nine, it also leaves a gnarly scar. Hmm. So I guess it's whatever the fail is for a heal yourself. Maybe it just hurts. Like a zero harm pain where it just hurts really bad, but you don't get any better. Because it's a failed magic roll. I will say this, Damien. You can stabilize. You will not mark any healing. And I want you to pick two glitches. He's going to take one harm. Ignore armor. (laughs) Okay. What does that put you at? Six. Uh Uh-huh. But you're stabilized. Then what's what's the... First glitch that besides taking harm. Uh, problematic side effect. Damien, drawing on the spark hurts like hell, but you do not feel yourself slipping away the way you did moments before. So that's good. You're at least grounded to this plane for now. <laughs> Raven, mm-hmm. you're busy helping Whitaker. Aiden's come over to heal you. And once she's done healing you, she kind of, her hand starts to shake a little bit. And she kneels down to take a second. And Corey walks over to Aiden and puts a hand on her shoulder. And this warm pulse of energy washes over Aiden. And you see the bruises and scrapes she has start to fade away. And she takes a sharp inhale and her hand shoots to Corey's for a minute. <sighs> Thanks, Corey. You're okay, Matchstick. I got you. So there's your trouble, Raven. <laughs> oh, that was trouble and not uh, not harm, not emotional damage? Well, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Ouch. In case it wasn't clear enough to the characters. Now, there you go. <laughs> hmm. Good to know. Felicity, you're stabilized, yeah? Yep. Thanks to Whitaker's help. Hugo gets patched up. Whitaker is fine, as usual. He still got one harm, but, but yeah, he's fine. Snallagaster put you through your paces. Your group looks rough. Yeah, I still got a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. Coraline looks over your group and then looks down to Aiden and says, No offense, but you all look like shit. We probably shouldn't dive into things right away. How about you all just rest for tonight? I can set you up with guest rooms and give everyone a break. Coraline, I don't know if you've noticed, but our um, our friend here, well, Whitaker gestures at Damien, is still kind of a fucking beacon right now. I know your powers are quite strong, but are you sure you want to stay in here? We could be leading a lot of danger to you very quickly. Oh, I've got security systems and nobody comes on my property without my knowing. 
Yeah, but you do understand the sort of um, the danger we're kind of working with isn't mundane, and it isn't even like regular supernatural stuff either. It's it's coming from down there, and he's pointing down to hell. She nods and says, "No, I I know what I signed up for when I answered the phone call I got this morning. It's okay. What's your name?" Uh, Lonnie, Lonnie Whitaker. Lonnie, my home is protected. I paid a lot of money in order to consecrate the ground here and set up a network of warding glyphs to form a barrier. You're all safe here, I promise. Even from Aiden's batshit siblings. And trust me, I know how much of a pain they can be for people close to her. Coraline, you are a lifesaver. <laughs> Among other things. And she looks to the rest of you. We can do introductions over food. My chef is probably working something up, so I'll go check on that. From where she is on the ground, oh, no. before she leaves, Felicity goes, My name's Felicity. It's nice to meet you. Aww. She glances over her shoulder, and Coraline just gives a little wave. She's like, look around if you want. Don't get lost. Thanks. Walks off into one of the rooms. And now that you're inside, the space of this house, there's lots of like very high ceilings or just open spaces that sort of travel up through multiple floors of the house. There's big windows that let you look out onto the property, which gets very woodsy relatively quickly. But it's more of that manicured woodsy where a clean carpet of old pine needles makes a red flooring. And there's little piles of wood chips and bark where necessary to frame a bush or a fern as it grows out, and all the trees have had the lower portions of branches neatly trimmed so that you have clear visibility through all the lower trunks up to like seven feet. But above that, it becomes again a dense canopy of uh, conifer and evergreen needles. But inside the house itself, it's similar to the metro station in that all the light, since it is evening at this point, is diffused, indirect, to avoid like direct line of sight to any of the sources. There's lots of little frosted glasses that seem to have tea lights under them. <laughs> Aw, I like this. There's lighting set into the floor to like denote walkways and different hallways. There's lighting behind the entertainment system in the little like lowered carpeted communal living area space with lots of blankets and pillows just sort of haphazardly thrown around. There's like a soft soundtrack going on constantly. It's, it's lo-fi beats to chill and study to. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no wonder Aiden likes it here. And it creates this like warm twilight kind of feel within the house. Does it look as cool to Whitaker with the glasses on? Good question. Whitaker pops the glasses on. Thank you, Damien. Sure. There's nothing magical about the house. It's not an illusion. It's not an illusion, no. This is what it appears to be. However, the center of the house is almost set up the way old Spanish villas are, except that it just leads up to like a big glass skylight with rooms and things abutting off of it. So right now there's a view up to the night sky and you can just kind of see one person walking down a hallway and they are an enormous praying mantis with like a, a red t-shirt that just has like some graphic design blazoned across the top of it and like cargo shorts and like a backwards baseball cap on their head with the antennas poking out the adjustable band in the front. 
coolest praying mantis I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Do they also skateboard? Uh, they don't, but they have lots of little like corded bracelets on. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, yeah, they're just like carrying a, a drink of some kind and like walking down a hallway. Raven's going to go walk around. She's going to take that invitation seriously and just start peeking around. Sure. She's snooping a little bit. I think she's going to head towards the mantis person. Sure. Scuttling out of like a side room, which seems to be either a gaming room or just someone's like personal room. Another giant praying mantis comes out. This one is more of like a, a dead leaf mantis. So their carapace is brown and looks like molted fall leaves. They have a plate of what looked like some sort of microwavable pizza dish. It's Totino's pizza rolls. Yeah, it's like pizza rolls. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Not sponsored. <laughs> the snack of lesbians. They they have a, like a, a wireless Bluetooth set of headphones and there's like the sound of some video game going on in the room they just left. Nearly bump into you, but they quickly like <laughs> trade the, the platter to like a different set of their long mantis legs. And they just go, whoa, who are you? Corey, there's somebody in the house. Sorry, no, she she knows we're here. Sorry, uh, we're just visiting. Oh, cool. Uh, my name's Screech. Nice to meet you, I guess. And they give you this sort of very quizzical look by turning their head almost entirely vertically and just sort of gaze at you curiously. Uh, Raven's very intimidated right now. <laughs> Puddle, Damien's going to slide forward a little bit. I'm looking for the hot tub. I assume there's one here. They will shift their attention to you, pop a pizza roll in their mouth, and they say, Oh, yeah, there's a pool and stuff out back if you want to chill there. I've got to eat first, though. I just finished this six-hour raid, and I am fading. The more colorful pattern mantis is coming down some stairs and joins your group with a sort of awkward wave. Hey, I'm Trey. Raven waves awkwardly. Whitaker does a polite nod. New house guests, huh? Can I get you anything? I just opened up a case of ciders. And they pass on to Screech, who offers them a pizza roll. Nice, bro. Thanks. And Trey sees you there in your slime form, Damien. Whoa, rad. You glow in the dark, little dude? Yup. I blend in with the light through a semi-opaque substance aesthetic that's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Love that for you. Uh, Well, Screech and I have a stream to host in about an hour. You're welcome to hang for that if you want. But uh, we gotta eat first. Can't game without fuel, you know? And they clink their ciders together like that's a phrase worth toasting about. <laughs> <laughs> what game are you streaming? Screech sees that the older person is asking what video game they're gonna play, <laughs> and he kind of shyly says, Oh, um, it's like this, uh, it's like a farm simulator. Um, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, I love that for them. Playing Stardew Valley, bro. I love them. I love them so much. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> It's cool. You can like raise a bunch of like different animals and then you like have crops and stuff. And like, I'm trying to marry this like librarian in town. It's really cool. Aren't we all trying to marry some librarian in town? <laughs> this guy gets it. <laughs> <laughs> Corey comes back to this foyer you're all lingering in. And when she sees the two mantis bros snacking, she storms over and says, I told you two to stop spoiling your appetite right before dinner. Lucas works hard making healthy stuff for all of us, and you hardly ever touch it because you're eating this frozen crap. And the two mantises get super apologetic and kind of shrink down, their little claws and antennas drooping. 
Oh, so sorry, Coraline. I didn't mean to. I just kind of forgot to eat earlier, so I was really starving. We're sorry, Coraline. We can put this stuff away for later. We'll still eat with you. Save that crap for 2 a.m. when you don't have a homemade meal that's about to be ready. And she turns without actually telling you all to follow her, but she just keeps ranting. I order the freshest organic ingredients for Lucas to use. And what do these two want to eat? Fucking processed cholesterol bites. <laughs> Screech puts the pizza rolls back in their room. But Trey tries to kill the tension and he nudges you, Raven, and says, So, like, uh, how do you guys know Corey? We just kind of met her today, but she's a, a friend of a friend. She seems cool so far. Yeah, she's a real badass. I wish she'd cut my head off. That'd be rad. <laughs> I feel like in praying mantis terms, that's like, that's like hardcore. That's like not something you should say to a stranger. That's... <laughs> Oh my god, Raven's a little scandalized. Yeah. <laughs> Lord. Wow. Oh, All right. God. I want to be very clear that I don't want anyone to step on me. No problem, little dude. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you uh, untread upon. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Rad. Well, let's go see what the chef's cooking up then, I guess. And try and screech, head towards the kitchen. You can all follow them there. I think Raven trails behind a little bit after them, just being like, what just <laughs> happened? Mm -hmm. Felicity is barely following along. She is head empty right now. Corey's in the kitchen. The two mantises have followed her in. And while it's like very big, it's not really set up to be like a, a restaurant style kitchen. It's still got an island uh, and a little table for everyone to sit at and that kind of thing. And there is a man in a dark vest with a white shirt underneath and his sleeves rolled up. He looks very formal in his dress. He's got an apron on in like a dark navy blue. It's it's like branded, so it just has like the logo Duskheart Creations on it from the Instagram <laughs> on like a little embroidered patch on the front. But he is stirring what looks to be some kind of soup and there's like a salad already laid out on the table. And he turns around and greets Coraline. Miss Duskhart, I got your message about our guests, and your list has been updated as requested. I also abandoned my plans for the braised lamb chops and pumpkin risotto in favor of this rustic stew and summer salad. In the future, do remember that I can do much better when I'm given more notice especially when we'll be hosting such a large number of guests. And now it's Corey's turn to look a bit sheepish as she says, Sorry about the short notice. I'm sure whatever you've put together will be perfectly fine. I've turned down all the guest rooms and laid out a change of sleeping clothes based on the approximate measurements you sent me. If any of you would like your pajamas tailored, do let me know. I can have that done within the hour. Coraline grins and makes a sort of formal gesture to this gentleman and then turns to the rest of you. Everyone, this is Mr. Lucas, my personal assistant. Best in the business and half the reason I'm anyone in the design industry or the internet give a shit about. I'm delightfully charmed to meet you all. Please have a seat. I'll get this served up. This is an exceptionally nice place you've got here. This money didn't all come from designing clothes, did it? Uh, not all of it, no. Well, you've got me interested. Sure, sure. And she'll gesture for you to, like, take a seat at the table and she'll sit down. I do design work now because I enjoy it. But 
Yes, for the most part, when I was getting started, I made a lot of my big money by stealing from rich people. Yes. Nice. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Two two very different results. She gives you a very interested look, Damien. Uh, So so Damien has poured himself a cup of hot water in a mug and then hot tubbed himself inside to rest and recover because they have a hot tea kettle to make tea. That guy's too fancy to not have that available. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you're just on the table in a mug. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. What what sort of marks did you go after? I figured out that people really enjoy when, you know, you're nice and helpful. And if you find other people who are really nice and helpful, they'll help you just because that's that's in their nature. So uh, stay away from mean people because they're just going to ruin your day. But you just find nice people to stay alongside and they'll take good care of you. Yeah, but most nice people aren't rich. So I would find a bunch of wealthy assholes, convince them I was one of them, and then they'd give me stuff just because they thought I was already rich. Oh, inventing Anna-style stuff. All right. And she, like, snaps her fingers and her hoodie changes from, like, casual goth girl to, like, sequined dress kind of thing that just sort of spills onto the ground. So I went to a lot of parties pretending to know people, and eventually I'd walk out of there with jewelry or car keys or tickets to something expensive. I'd turn around and sell that stuff, and I saved up until I could afford things I actually wanted. I also went to fancy parties and walked out with a whole bunch of extra jewelry and watches and stuff. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, Aiden, this this friend of yours is great. Why have people been giving me a hard time? Aiden is sitting at the table with her head in her hands, basically avoiding eye contact with everyone. <laughs> Corey shoots a little smirk at Aiden. Yeah, Aiden wasn't a huge fan of my aspirations. For what it's worth, I never hurt anybody physically. In fact, you can be proud of me for this one, Aiden. I save a bunch of escorts from getting hurt at these parties. I think that kind of makes me like a guardian angel for sex workers. I admire your work and your style. Well done. I can feed the 1% their wildest fantasies with a snap of my fingers, but I prefer being their worst nightmare. All right, Coraline, fair enough. (laughs) She looks across the table at you, Whitaker. She's like, are you all short on cash? Do you need some money? Yes, it is brutal. We have been jammed in the tiniest car. A limo would fit us much, much better. (laughs) Oh my fucking God. (laughs) She looks at you, Damien, and she's like, are you like 80 years old or something? (laughs) I mean, I've lost count at least 80. Limos are lame, dude. I'll get you a Bentley or something. Sweet. I mean, is that what royalty drive around in? I don't know. I just stick to what I think is cool. Aiden finally lifts her head and says, It's good to see you, Corey. Um, clearly you've been doing well for yourself. And Coraline cuts her off. I donate a lot, okay? I've got a foundation for libraries. I started a clean drinking water initiative. I pay for a lot of beach cleanup events. I'm doing my best. But these humans you love so much are fucking up the planet way faster than I have the funds to do anything about. So... I don't really know what else to do. Humans, what are you going to do? Are the humans (laughs) outnumbered right now? Almost. Actually, is um, Lucas human? Lucas is a human. Okay. Yeah, it's close. Five humans and four non-humans. 
Screech and Trey are just like sitting at one end of the table, just like watching videos on their phones and like sharing them with each other. You're just on TikTok. Yeah. Ah, oh, the youth. Mr. Lucas is like serving you all and bringing food to the table and pouring out like bowls of soup and getting like salads and things passed out for you all. So you can eat now and rest and try and recharge a bit. I want to ask this. So how do you two know each other question? I don't know if the, if the tension's <laughs> ready. I don't know if we're ready. Are you asking Aiden this? No, no, no. Oh, Corey. Emery is asking everyone here at the table, enter the writer's room really quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, we can enter the writer's room. Uh, I don't know why that would be brought up at such a time, but sure. Do you want the one with the bad social skills to ask to make it less awkward? Yes. Oh, fuck. Hugo, could you please? Could you take that fall for us? Yep. <laughs> Hugo hasn't said a single word this entire time. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Taking one for the team. We appreciate you. With his mouth full of soup. So, how do you two know each other? Raven chokes on her soup just a little bit. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. Yes. Aiden is not eating. Like, there's food in front of her, but she doesn't have to eat, so she's not. Oh, yeah. Coraline just shoots her a look like, be my guest. And Aiden says, Corey and I knew each other in the 70s. We met in... 73 and did some monster hunting together. Monster hunting? <laughs> if that's what you want to call the thing you used to do to my... We dated. We were together for a few years, but clearly things did not work out after a while. Yeah. Broke up in 79, so didn't even last a decade. Which is like basically a fling for you. Time isn't faster for me, Corey. It was good when it was good. Yeah. But when it was bad, whew, codependent disasters. I mean, I was literally obsessed. Moth to a flame and all that. Long story short, we wanted different things. So we ended it. And I get why you didn't like the idea of stealing from humans. But also, most of human society has been misgendering me for 60 years. What? So fuck them. Whitaker's snapping in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aiden, I don't know about you. I think I think she's she's right on that one. I never said I was okay with that, or even that it was excusable. And I'm not saying that humans don't hoard wealth in an unhealthy way. I just I didn't like the idea of Cora using her powers to manipulate people. It felt too close to something Demon Spawn would do. You called me because you want to use that illusion magic to manipulate your demonic siblings. And she gives Aiden this sort of sharp, let that sink in look. Hold on, I need some tea drinking foley. Aiden just sighs and grabs a roll from the table, takes a huge bite out of it so she doesn't have to respond. (laughs) Classic. And uh, speaking of... What's the plan with that illusion magic? I mean, I am all for st- using it to get money and goods from people, but fighting demons, infiltrating, what are we what are we looking at? Well, I know Aiden wants to weaponize my ability to dreamwalk against the demon lords. And I got the cliff notes about your situation with the spark, but that's about it. I am fairly busy. 
and her phone continues to beep and buzz with notifications until she picks it up and silences it. But for an old friend, I am more than happy to clear my schedule and try to help you all out. Oh. That being said, you all are in no shape to start dream training tonight, so just chill, relax. There's a pool in the backyard. Lucas is a licensed masseuse. Whatever you need to fully rest and recover, I will try to set you up with it. How many other people are, are staying here besides us and the boys and uh, Lucas? I have another roommate, but I don't know when she'll be getting in. And I have another house guest who's been here for a couple days. I should see if he's up. Hmm. Anywhere in the house, we're not allowed to go. The West Wing. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, you can go wherever. Just like, don't hang out in my bedroom. I don't host often. That's a shame. Is it though? Uh, uh, well, it's just such a nice venue. Yeah, and it's for me and mine. This place is kind of just a safe space for my inner circle. Oh, okay. And actually she'll pause, glance at Aiden, and then says, and I guess now friends of friends. We appreciate you taking us in. You just got the cliff notes, right? Like you haven't been given a full understanding of exactly what's going on. She points at Damien in his little coffee mug. He's the demon, right? Or did I completely guess wrong? Mm-hmm. Everyone's after you because of him, right? But we can't just get rid of him or it's going to be a bad time for everyone? Yeah, I mean, you could have phrased that differently, but yes. I'm happy to be filled in. You look like someone who wants to fill me in. It seems only fair, especially if Aiden cares about you enough since you're a friend. I would hope so. Aiden is now just like dipping the bread in the soup. <laughs> Her cheeks are like... <laughs> He then proceeds to explain everything. Yeah, you can fill Coraline in on the nitty gritty details of the last three weeks your group has endured. And probably by the end of it, you like finish recounting some horrible, awful thing and look up and she's just like on her phone scrolling. Yeah, it sounds awful, my guy. Um, we'll figure it out in the morning. Love the empathy radiating <laughs> off of this girl. Coraline is not the most empathetic person. It's so clear how the two of them were such a perfect match. They didn't last the decade. Gee, I wonder, <laughs> gee, I wonder why. Surprised it lasted as long as it did. <laughs> <laughs> Coraline is living her best life. And if that hurts people, she's a monster. <laughs> mm, I respect that. But anyway. Is there anyone you guys want to contact while you have a moment to breathe? Anyone else have exes they'd like to contact? Mm, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll establish Raven calls her family. Sure. Just be like, yeah, everything's great. Just wanted to see how you're doing. Gets a little choked up, but tries to hide it because she almost died. Specifically, who do you call? Your parents or your brother? Ooh. You know, they've got the night. I think she'd do both. I think she'd call her brother first. Mm -hmm. Kind of tell him what happened of like, yeah, big fight today was real rough. Here's kind of the lowdown of what happened. Like fill him in on that part just to have someone to be able to commiserate with. Yeah. I would imagine he also is like, oh, yeah, we had this kind of adventure happen. It like, well, let's not assume. All right. My bad. <laughs> you call Lark and you tell him big fight. It was super bad. And you hear the sound of what probably is Jay talking in the other room. And Lark says, yeah, uh, hang on, Raven. 
step, 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 background talking. And then the sound of like clatter, like he dropped his phone mm-hmm. and he picks it up again. Hey, uh, can you turn on the news where you are? I did not specify where I am. No, you didn't. He's asking you. Oh, great. Okay. Whitaker gave you one piece of advice. Are you going to follow it? <laughs> uh, she'll find a TV and turn on the news. CNN. Authorities are releasing new details tonight following the devastating attack on the Gallery Place metro station. There are still no officially named suspects for who might have perpetrated the attack, but officials are requesting that if you see or are in contact with any of the individuals being shown now on screen, to seek a safe place and to contact authorities immediately. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Headshots. Raven Eugenia. Felicity Starnbrook. Alonzo Whitaker. Aiden Brightwood, Hugo Rashad. Oh no! Fucking told y'all not to turn on the news. And then just a bad headshot of like a blown up image of Damien's security cam, whatever human form you took while you were, you know, in the subway. Along with headshot of Snellegeist. Yep. We go now to our correspondent in DC, Annabelle Shaw, for the latest. Thank you, Ron. I'm here just outside of Gallery Place. You can see the emergency response crews just beyond the barrier behind me. We've had the chance to speak to some eyewitnesses who have made some rather wild claims regarding unnatural phenomena and the presence of what several have called something from hell itself. She's going to turn it back off. She's not like watching it. It was like turn on, see what it is and turn it back off again. And she definitely did this in like a a separate room away from everyone else, not like in the main area. Okay, yeah. Uh, Lark is just like, Raven, how bad is this getting? It's bad. It ramped up a lot with this one. If we didn't have someone step in at the last minute, I don't think it would have ended well for any of us. We were caught really off guard. It was, it's bad. Okay. I'm safe. We're hidden away, and we think we have a plan to fix all of this. Don't call mom and dad. I'll handle it. Okay. I'm glad I called you first. Well, let's hope they haven't gotten to the news yet. I've never been more grateful that they don't watch TV that much. Let me know if you need anything. Yeah, you too. Thanks. All right, bye. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Oh boy. Raven's gonna sit down on the floor and she is probably having a panic attack right now. So she can't look at or focus on anything. Oh, so she's just gonna deep breathe for a bit. There's a little knock at the frame of the door. Hey, uh, you disappeared after dinner. Yeah, I called my brother. Are you all right? What's wrong? And she'll rush over to sit next to you. Raven doesn't even look at her. Just like thousand yard stare. Raven? We're on the news. <sighs> it's bad, isn't it? It's bad. I know Whitaker told us not to look and I wasn't going to. And I, my brother said I should see it. And I had to know. It's all of us. All of our photos and names. Everywhere. I'm sure Whitaker knew this would happen, but I feel like we should tell them tomorrow and let everyone rest. We're still really fucked up. Yeah. This is awful. How are you supposed to relax? Have I 
ever relaxed in the last, uh, how long has it been since we've been on the run? A couple of months. What's one more night? I know, just, I was hoping everyone would feel safe enough to sleep through the night. I know you haven't been. I think it's better than I know, and at least my brother knows I'm okay, and obviously, even if he didn't hear from me, he would know that, you know, it wasn't us, we're not criminals or whatever, but he's gonna try and talk to our parents. <sighs> at least I have the peace of mind knowing that he's working on it, and I trust him and Jay, so that helps. And you're sure we're safe here? You trust Corey? Yeah, Corey is a lot of things, but she'd never try to trick me. Not even trick, just you you trust her faith and her security and all that. I I haven't asked to look at it. We could ask her more about it if you wanted to. Just to be sure. I don't think any of us could handle another ambush and run away in the middle of the night. Definitely not. And Chanela Geist is still out there too. We have to come up with a plan for what to do about him. I'll ask Corey about the security and then we should both just try to get some rest. Yeah, okay. Silver lining, though. I'm still so banged up, I'm definitely gonna sleep like a rock tonight. <laughs> That's not really the greatest of silver linings, if you ask me. Do you want to drink some wine and snuggle in your ex's hot tub? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. Alright. And Raven's gonna, like, scrub her face with her hands and try to snap out of it and, and then get up. Okay. What are other people doing? Damien beat you to the hot tub. And Whitaker beat you to the drinks. He is uh, nursing a glass of whiskey on the rocks with Lucas. Cool. We'll do Damien first, then we'll cut back to Whitaker real quick. So Damien, you wander into the pool. And it's a big wooden decked zone outside, but it has covered walkways you can stand under. And a lot of like flat stonework paths with gravel features and little lanterns placed along the paths. No direct lights shine out, but just more of this soft ambient lighting. And as you approach the pool in the hot tub, Damien, I need you to read a bad situation. Need is a strong word. Total of eight. One hold. What do you ask? Oh, I don't want to notice dangers. I just want to get in the <laughs> hot tub. You don't have to notice danger. What's the biggest threat? This hot tub could be too hot. You're getting to the hot tub. You dip a little goopy toe in. Oh, it's perfect. It's the nicest. It's so nice. It's, it's a wonderful temperature, especially as the night air is cooling off a little. You slide your way into the hot tub. And do you have anything with you? Or are you just literally going to boil yourself? No, he's just going to go in through the vents, like circulate as the water does sort of like a, a nice massage as he gets like shot through the jets and then goes back in and shot through the jets again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so you're literally in the system. Yep. Cool. At one point, you hear something in the pool area of this space and there is a flash under the surface of the pool water and then kind of like a, a splash upwards. And then you get sucked through the system again. And you, you catch a glimpse as you come up a second time of just a spined crest breaking the water surface of the pool and slipping down beneath it again. 
And the third time you come bubbling up and see out into the space that you're in above the surface of the hot tub, there are these two yellow eyes with slits just staring down into the pool and a mouthful of razor sharp teeth opens up. We'll cut to Whitaker. Wait, no, cut back. <laughs> cut back. A glass of whiskey is set down on the island and slid over to you as Lucas hands you your drink, Whitaker. Welcome to Duskheart Haven, Mr. Whitaker. Yeah, Lonnie's fine. <laughs> my name is Adrian, but Coraline calls me by my last name. She says it's cooler, and who am I to argue? Nice to meet you, Adrian. This is this a common occurrence? You know, Coraline showing up with a band of battered strangers. Miss Duskheart is constantly arriving with um, guests that I have not been informed of who must be added to her list to allow entry past the barrier. She will spring events that would normally require months of planning uh, on me in a matter of weeks sometimes hours and it is then up to me to ensure that they actually happen deadlines be damned oh so you you run everything around here i don't know about that i handle most of the boring tasks of running a multi-million dollar brand identity Coraline is an ideas individual, and her whims have made her incredible fortune, which makes those of us in her inner circle fortunate by association. It's really lucky happenstance that any of us have found ourselves in her good graces, and so I endeavor to make things work for her because she does work quite hard for all of us. Do you consider her more of a friend or more of an employer? Well, uh, let's see. You don't have to answer that. That was a very personal question. To be honest, I don't know if Coraline is capable of having an uncomplicated relationship. She, she is a beautiful enigma and one I feel quite privileged to serve. And how long have you been serving under her? Oh, let's see. Uh, eight years now. We met at a party where she prevented my former employer from spiking my drink, trapped him in a labyrinthian nightmare, and then offered me four times my current salary to come work for her instead. The choice seemed quite obvious. All right, so you're not a con artist? You're not part of her sort of schemes? I try to let her handle that realm of her life solo. Though at this point, most of our enterprise is legitimate. The only illegal activity Miss Duskhart engages in is the oldest profession in the world. And whether her clients' experiences are real or not, I don't know that it makes a great deal of difference if they walk away with the memory all the same. Sure. Does that powers have any sort of like lasting effects or is it just a purely temporary illusion? I'm not a medical man. You'd have to ask a doctor or perhaps a priest. I see. Has she ever tried to trick you at all? No, 
Coraline doesn't deceive anyone brought into this sanctuary of hers. Your connection to her former companion, Miss Brightwood, extends that courtesy to you and your group as well. Suppose that's reassuring. Indeed. He'll pour himself a glass and raise it to you. To very strange friends. To working for powerful women. Oh, <laughs> he clings the glass at you, Ooh. not knowing what a deep cut that is for Whitaker. <laughs> Whitaker does choke just a little bit. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> to you and yours, certainly. Felicity, what are you up to? So, Felicity's still not doing great. She's kind of weak. She's not feeling good, barely ate her dinner. Not really interested in drinking right now or hot tubbing. So I think she's just going to like wander around and maybe go find the mantis bros. Okay, sure. Trey, the colorful mantis, eventually finds you wrapped up in a blanket in that central living room area. And he says, Hey, are you all right, dude? It's been a long day and I'm exhausted. I get that, man. I've been there myself. You're free to take a nap here if you want, but uh, Screech and I were about to play some farm simulator if you want to chill and hang out with us for a while. Honestly, that sounds really nice. Do they stream with the camera turned on? I have to know. They do, but they have like a VTube like avatar. (laughs) They're VTubers. (laughs) Fuck. Yes. (laughs) Fuck. Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had to know. Wait, so good. but do their VTuber personas look like mantises? Is that their thing? Just different mantises. <laughs> no, they look like human approximations. Little anime boys. Yeah, little anime boys. Well, that's boring. <laughs> In a medium where you can look like anything and they chose not to look like their cool ass selves. They just have human sonas. Yep. Screech joins you. And he says, did I hear you say you're into Farm Simulator? I love that game. Back at home, I have a whole flock of sheep and chickens galore. Oh, I love the sheep. Yeah, we opened a sweater facility on our farm. You definitely have to come play with us. We're about to stream. Yeah, actually, I I would love that. All right, cool. So you can join Screech and Trey for their Farm Simulator stream. As you like walk in and are looking around at all the different computer rigs with the glowing lights and their like gamer chairs and everything, Trey will like bring in like a pillow and a blanket for you, wrap it around you with like a couple of his mantis arms and then like fluff the pillow with another set of them. You can sit on the bed or I can go get a beanbag if you want to sit in maximum chillage. Oh my God, I would love a beanbag. <laughs> get you like one of those, what is it, Yogi Bow? Oh, so we can say Yogi Bo, but we can't say Stardew Valley. <laughs> not sponsored. While muted, I muttered to myself, not sponsored right before you <laughs> said it. <laughs> we got to be on top of this stuff. Microbead. Uh, generic microbead beanbag. Oversized generic microbead <laughs> pillow couch. <laughs> Incorporated. Yeah, so you can sit in one of those. Um, and just join them for a lovely time on Twitch. They have the pizza rolls if you're still hungry. I will definitely delve into those pizza rolls. And actually, I'd like to ask them a couple of questions. Sure, what do you want to ask them? Listen, I'm absolutely having the best time here, but I'm just curious, how long have you guys been here? 
like uh, at Corey's place? Yeah, like, you know, how long have you worked for Corey? Oh, we don't really work for her. I mean, we help her out with stuff every now and again. Uh, but we just kind of, uh, where did we? We met when we were fucked up. Uh, so I don't actually recall the name of the venue, but uh, she was really cool. And we hung out for the whole night. And by the end of it, we were like absolutely hooked around her finger. You know, we were all like, you're the coolest person we ever party with. Will you cut our heads off? And she was like, um, no, but you can come hang with me back at my place if you want. And we've been pretty good friends ever since. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Um, hey, hey guys, maybe, maybe don't ask someone the first time that you meet them to bite your heads off. That's maybe. But it would be so cool if she did though, you know? Jesus. Yeah. It would be awesome, dude. <laughs> oh my God, these fucking sims. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I get it. Corey's super cool, but that might be pushing it just a little bit. I mean, she knows that she's our number one waifu, but that's like, you know, at this point, we've kind of accepted that we're not her type. So like, you got to respect that. And now we're just roommates. Oh my God. They're not just regular simps. They're anime simps. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Hey guys, Um, this has been fun. But I think I'm, I think I'm done gaming for right now. Oh yeah, sure. Uh, hey, all you screechers out there, we gotta <laughs> leave. We're having a friend over, and they're having a rough time. So hey, take care of yourselves. We're gonna do some assisted self care with our new friend. She's awesome, and you're all cool. Like and subscribe, and hit that bell for notifications. Oh, and uh, we'll catch you guys in the next one. <laughs> oh my god! Like and subscribe. <laughs> Sorry, so um, so Felicity will just be like, oh, you didn't have to like stop your stream, guys. I just wanted to stop gaming. They both hunch down in front of you and are like very attentive. And they're like, nah, man, we're here for you. Yeah, no, this is your moment now. We're completely here to support whatever it is you're going through. You guys showed up looking like you were in a huge fight and that's gotta be a toll emotionally and physically. So like, what's up, bro? Oh, <laughs> you guys are so nice. You should come visit us in Washington sometime and we can like, you ever been to the moment? Oh yeah, we've been to the moment. Wait, for real? Yeah, Corey flies us all over the place. Oh. That place is awesome. Hey, did you get to meet this one bartender there? Do you know Xerix? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Xerix, Xerix, is that, is that the guy made up of like a bunch of little bugs? Right? Yo, Xerix is my boy, you know? I love that dude. He's like so multitudinous. It's crazy how he's like a bunch of little guys, but then he's kind of just like one big guy like us. It'll blow your mind if you think about it too long. Have you guys ever seen DJ Chimera? No, oh, he was sold out and even Corey couldn't get tickets. That's how fucking exclusive that dude is. Oh my God, we got to see them my first time there at the moment. They were incredible. <gasps> what was it like? <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> they were so good. They they completely are like hyped up about that. You can see Trey like points at one of the posters on the wall and it is from like the DJ Chimera tour. <laughs> Screech, Trey, you guys have been great. I'm gonna go call my girlfriend this has been great though you guys you guys are great thank you so much are you trying to summon mira yeah so she's gonna like step out into the hall and like call for mira like she normally does 
Mira! You call out, and you don't get a response back. Fuck. Screech pokes their head out the door of their room, and they say, Uh, if she's a teleporter, she won't be able to get in. She's not on the list. I'm sorry, the list? And Trey sticks their head out as well and says, Yeah, Corey's got protections in place to stop that sort of thing from happening. If your girlfriend's not on the list, she's not getting in, unfortunately. Oh. If you want, you can go outside. Corey's got a big yard. Yeah, okay, I guess I'll I'll go outside. Okay, you leave Screech and Trey's room and step outside into the driveway of Coraline's house. Mira! Felicity, you see a gold dome above the building and surrounding out into the woods and parts of it just light up and flicker and then fizzle out. Oh. And seem to cancel out whatever magic would be able to activate by calling her name. Huh. Okay. Okay. Um, you know what? Can I call her on my cell phone? Sure. Okay. Let's do that. Let's try that first. I'll, I'll, I'll FaceTime her. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, Felicity. Hey, I tried to call you and, uh... Are you sure? I didn't hear anything. Yeah, I think there's some barrier magic up here or something. I'm at, um, I'm at Moth Girl's house. Uh, I don't know who that is. Are they nice? She's, she seems very protective. Okay. Well, that's good. If you're protected, that's great. I know, but I really wanted to see you. Um, hang on. You hear Mira, like, fiddling with her phone and then, like, you get, like, a FaceTime request. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I accept it. Okay. Uh, When the camera comes on, it's, like, right on her mouth and chin. Are we doing it? Hold it maybe just a little further away. And then she, like, holds it weirdly, so it's, like, just her forehead and her eyes. Am I doing it? Is this? That's that's better. Did we figure it out? Yes. (laughs) Oh, my God. I met these two dude bros. They stream on Twitch, and they play the same game that I do. That's nice. I'm I'm glad you're making new friends. Also, we fought this like horrifying demon monster. Are you all right? Felicity kind of goes quiet on the line for a little bit. And I think she sniffles and just goes, No, I'm really hurt. And uh, I miss you. Oh, Felicity, darling. Just wait a minute. I'll I'll be right there. I'll, I'll come to you. I... I can't sense you. Oh, Felicity, I I want to come help. What... Where are you, my dear? I'm in Washington, D.C. Um, I'm at Moth Girl's house. Okay. Natalie, um, how far away is, like, the edge of the barrier? Uh, it looks like it would be back out in the cul-de-sac where you'd driven in that, like, community of other mansions. I'm gonna walk down the driveway to the edge of the barrier. Hello, adventurers. Thanks so much for joining us for another episode. It's back to just me this week, and as much fun as it might be to impersonate the entire squad, I've got a lot to get through, so I'm going to keep things simple. As always, your support is what helps keep the Storyteller Squad striving to be the best gosh darn podcast we can be. Talking about us with your friends, leaving a review, engaging with our social posts, or maybe even joining the Patreon and our patrons-exclusive Discord server 
are all ways that you can help us and support our work. We'd love to see you out there on the internet spreading the word about our beloved heroes. Links for our socials and Patreon are in the show notes. There's a few announcements to get through, the first of which is our listener survey. We want to hear from you. If you can spare a couple minutes to fill it out, there's a link in the show notes and also in a pinned tweet on our Twitter account, at StorySquadCast. Filling out this survey is really going to help the squad and I decide where we should be spending our energy and devoting our efforts when it comes to new and extra content for you all. Are you a big fan of plushies? Or are you more of an enamel pin collector? Would you really like there to be an open Discord fan server? If you're a patron, what sorts of exclusive content would you enjoy? We want to hear your answers to all these questions and more. This podcast exists because of you, adventurers, and we want to make things that will really spark joy for you. So when you get a chance, please fill out the survey. We can't wait to hear from you. I'm also very excited to finally get to announce our big collaboration with The Writer's Room. You might remember them from the first episode of our Expanded Universe series. Well, now it's time for us to hop aboard their ship for a while. Quite literally. The Writer's Room is a 7th Sea actual play podcast, which means daring high seas adventures about pirates. And the squad and I worked with their GM, Zoe, to create a 13-episode miniseries. If you check their socials, at Writer's Room 7th on Twitter, or at Writer's Room 7th Sea on Instagram, you can listen to our character introduction reels and see some of the amazing artwork Emery has made up for the series. We'll be hosting the first episode here on our feed, but you'll have to catch the rest of the story over on the Writer's Room. So be sure to look them up and subscribe if you'd like to hear us set sail as the most devastatingly dangerous and attractive crew of pirates you've ever seen. And now our last announcement, and this one is a bit personal. I'm really tired, adventurers. Just like our heroes resting at Coraline's, I need a break, or I'm going to burn out. The last few episodes have needed a lot of extra production work, which is why they've been a bit slow coming out. And as you just heard, we've also been working really hard behind the scenes to make this new miniseries with the writer's room. Just making one podcast is a lot of work, and two podcasts is unsustainable when it isn't your full-time job. And at the moment, I still have one of those. This month, there's a lot of deadlines we have to hit at my job. And I'm also trying to save up for some trips later in the year. So at the wise behest of the squad and some of my other podcasting friends, I've decided I'm not going to overclock myself and we're going to be on hiatus until about mid-June. I really didn't want to stop our momentum as we near the conclusion of season two, but the timing is what it is. The good news is there's actually going to be more Storyteller Squad content coming out this month and in June than ever before. The Writer's Room series will be posting weekly, starting this coming Thursday. And once this intense crunch period is over at my job, I'll be taking some time off to catch up on our episodes and tackle all the work we've got ahead of us for season three. Season two will be wrapping up by episode 60. And the squad and I are recording some recap episodes to summarize seasons one and two for new listeners who want to catch up quickly. We're also recording a new onboarding episode, a sort of prologue where we'll get to see a glimpse of where our heroes are towards the start of season three. We're also working on a second Expanded Universe series, which is being produced with more podcasting friends of ours from the actual play space. That's slated to come out this fall. And keep your eyes peeled for us on TikTok. Mel has been prepping to post a bunch of highlight reels from older episodes in the series and catch us up on that platform. So, in short, if I can even claim that with the mid-reel this long, we're not going anywhere, adventurers. There is so much coming soon. 
and I'm forever grateful for your patience and kind words when it comes to our scheduling. It really keeps my heart full. So take care, adventurers, and we'll see you soon. What are you doing, Hugo? Hugo is currently still at the dining room table. He is sitting with his phone in front of him, Mm -hmm. looking at the group chats that he has with the Whispered. He's slightly confused to see extra people in it. Yes. And he waits a few moments, starts typing something, deletes it, turns off his phone, and heads out towards the pool. Okay. I'll add one more detail to that description. You see that you are the one to add these new people to the chat. You have no idea who Mackenzie Ryder or Piper Maxwell are, but you added them. Yeah, fuck. And he realizes that's a problem for some other time to deal with. As you make your way out to the patio slash pool zone, you come upon a scene of a large sea serpent thrashing about in the pool, splashing water everywhere with Damien in its jaws as it wriggles around and is like (laughs) basically whipping him around like a dog with a chew toy. I want to try to use Dark Negotiator to try to get this to not happen to me. You can try. (laughs) Unless... Hugo comes out with the better idea. <laughs> You're not going to like my idea, so no, do your thing. Roll your roll your dark manipulator first. 13. Okay. What do you say? I'm friends of friends with Coraline. You feel the sea monster release you and you go flying into the air and come landing down with a splat in the gravelly, like, stone zen area of this outdoor space. (laughs) And there's just a horrible hiss as it trills at you. And Hugo, you see, like, bioluminescent flickers of light travel from its jaw down through its body and into the water. Damien takes a white sock and stabs a chopstick through it to make a little white flag (laughs) that he waves back and forth in surrender. The sea serpent looks at you approaching, Hugo. I'm going to stop right where I am. (laughs) Okay. And uh, let's make another dumb choice. I would like to use magic to communicate with a creature that I did not share language with. Yeah, sure. Oh, got an 11. Nice. Yeah, a portion of your snipe tattoo alights. The clicking, hissing, growling, guttural utterances of the sea creature transition Sorry to be a bother. I'll get him out of the way. We're just, we're going through a time. I'm sorry. I do not enjoy having pool scum added to my home. Oh. Oh, If anything, he's he's more like a pool cleaner. (laughs) Were he to disagree, human, that thing is a defilement of the waters. I'm just gonna 
I'm just gonna put him in in this bucket here, if that's okay with you. Fine. As long as I don't have to taste him anymore. Absolutely, absolutely. And he's gonna carefully make his way over, find a bucket of some sort, and plop the Damien in the bucket as per usual. And the sea serpent, which is not the same as the Willatuck Lake Monster. This creature is very eel-like, almost like a large water snake with sort of fins at the sides of the head that then trail into gills and a crested spine down the back. Almost could have a relation to Jay, but lacking any other limbs and much more uh, suited for an aquatic environment. But they peel back into the water, make figure eights or curl up into a corner. Their head will sometimes poke out and watch you with those big yellow eyes with a slit down the center. Damien, what were you doing? I was just in the hot tub. (laughs) That's not the hot tub, Damien. That's the pool. Is the hot tub connected to the pool? It's the same water system. (laughs) (sighs) How are you doing? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. We should give that one some room and some distance, though. Find somewhere else in the house to recover. Like, they probably have a pretty sweet library here or something. You hear flip-flops on the, like, deck area, and Corey comes out in just, like, bikini top, but then just some, like, board shorts, and she calls out, Oh, good. Some of you found the pool. How's it going? Uh, good. I'm going to uh, find some place drier. We ticked off one of your house guests. She raises an eyebrow and looks around. Oh, oh, my roommate's back. And Corey like kicks off her flip flops and like dashes over to the pool and just hops right into the water. And the sea serpent breaches out of the water and surrounds her. Hey, Chessie, welcome home. And Hugo, you can hear Chessie as she continues to speak. Coraline, you let a demon in the house. I know, I know. Listen, remember I told you about my friend who was coming to visit? (sighs) The first light is here then. Yeah, and that demon is tied to a really complicated mess she's in with her siblings. Leviathan's forces have been more aggressive lately, bolder, and now I can taste her filth in the water here, too. Oh, God, he got in the system, didn't he? Do something about it, Corey. The water is terrible now. I will pick up a new filter tomorrow. I'm sorry, I should have had the demon stay out of your space. (laughs) Before I go back inside, do you want me to fix that for you? Corey looks at you, and Chessie, who can still understand you, also shoots their big snake-like head your direction. Fix it? Yeah, um, let me just put this down for a second, and puts the bucket of Damien down. (laughs) Sploosh. He's going to... Make his way over to the water, put his hands in, and I'm going to use magic to banish a spirit or curse from the person, object, or place it inhabits. In this case, the horrible aura 
of demonic energy that's been put into the water. <laughs> sure. If that's allowed. Yeah, go for it. I'm, I'm a fan of this. Okay. With a 14. 14. And, and... And? Use magic as advanced. Oh, Hugo! Yo, all right, Hugo. What does it look like? So the water itself, at least where he is, starts to bubble. And you can see electricity coming out of his hands, but not going too far back into the water. And it is essentially burning away everything. And there's a bunch of air bubbles that just keep rising and rising. And then just there's a slight smell of ozone. Mm Mm-hmm. But then hopefully after a little bit, it just settles down. Yeah. As you remove the residual essence of Damien from the water, little motes of light start to also bubble up and then just rise out of the surface and kind of like float around this outdoor patio space like lightning bugs. And they continue to populate and just appear in the water like little stars reflecting the night sky. Corey like lifts a hand from the water as she's there treading and it seems to just glisten. And when Chessie dives down again and then breaches one more time, there's like an aurora briefly in the spray of the water. You have made this water extremely nice to be in. In fact, like as you pull your hand out, you notice that any cuts and bruises that were on your arm are completely gone. And for a brief second, he considers jumping in the water and then he realizes, wait, no, 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 no. Kid. Damien, push him in the water. He can't swim. Do you push him in the water, Damien? <laughs> no, they. No. This is character arc, Damien. So you see Damien like getting ready to, and then stops. You probably also stop because a large snake-like sea serpent head shoots out of the water and growls at you. Back off, Damien. Okay, okay. I was just kidding. Jeez. Chessie's eyes dart back towards the water as it's shimmering in the pool, and she peels upwards and back and dives back under the surface. And Hugo, you see her tail kind of moving towards you. I get the feeling that that means to back away, so he's just going to back away. Uh, You back away, and the tail comes out of the water and starts to reach for you. (laughs) And he's going to... Just stand where he is now, paralyzed in fear. (laughs) Oh, honey. It just slowly wraps around your waist and gives like a gentle little like snug tug around you. And Corey paddles her way over to the side of the pool. Get rid of your phone, dude. She doesn't want you to lose it. (laughs) So polite. Okay. And he's going to put his phone next to the Damien bucket. Okay. You are lifted up by the tail and just slowly dipped into the water, like up to your waist. (laughs) Okay, this is fine. This is fine. Yep. You feel all of your wounds being healed, even all the aches and pain from injuries you sustained in the last couple of weeks fighting the demons. Those are getting better as well. Now it's just the mental trauma. The sea serpent's face loops around and she brings just the tip of her nose to the water's edge and peers at you from beneath the rippling surface. And you hear her say to you, I was in a fight with a bunch of Kelpie a couple days ago. Whatever you did healed all the scars I got in that fight. Thank you very much. You're you're welcome. Can I get out of this now, please? Please, thanks. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe you needed the help you looked 
rather hurt. Oh no, I feel great now. I feel absolutely great, but I'm trying my best to not flail around. And now that I can actually move my arms properly and everything, it's getting harder and harder to not flail around. You feel yourself lifted out of the pool and just set down on your butt on like the edge of it. He's rocking wide-eyed. Yeah, and Sea Serpent just kind of swims around in the pool again. Thanks for that. That's probably exactly what I needed. I'm going to go bring Damien inside now. You should get your other friends out here. I don't know how long your spell's going to last, but I'm pretty sure your whole group would benefit from some magic healing. I'll, I'll try to see how many of them I can round up. Did you say they could all use it too? Did you say that out loud, Damien? Yes. Corey looks down in the pool and looks over at you. Or just splash me. And she just splashes you. <laughs> we'll get you a second bucket. It'll be fine. You heal one harm when she splashes you. And then she'll go over and like get an empty glass that someone left out on one of the like umbrella tables in this area and like fill it up with some water and pour it into your bucket with you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Sorry, Mr. Slime. I don't really care who you are, but Jesse's been a demon slayer for the East Coast her whole life. I don't see her cutting you some slack just because you're a disco ball now. Oh, no, that's that's very fair. Yeah, your house, your rules. I will, uh... Do you want me to set you on the stove or anything? Uh, yeah, little heat really helps. Okay, I'll see if I can get Lucas to bring a teapot out or something. Oh, bless, thank you. And she'll go over to a little intercom to page Mr. Lucas. And actually, she'll make a sort of general announcement that you can all hear wherever you are in the house. Aiden, you and your friends should all come out to the pool. Hugo did something to the water, and I think you'd all benefit from a quick swim. See, the first half of that sentence, your friend did something to the water, fills Lonnie with panic, like, oh god, everything's poisoned or on fire or, or exploding. <laughs> You see a wet Hugo walk into the kitchen. <laughs> but just from the waist down, he didn't let anything else go in the water. <laughs> he looks only mildly shell-shocked. Hmm. Hugo, you doing all right? Yep. Yep, I'm good. Good, I'm great. Mr. Rashad, can I get you anything to drink? You look a bit rattled. Water? Tea? Something stronger? Is there any chance you have green tea, the kind of green tea that you can only find in a convenience store. Lucas takes out his phone and says, I'm sure we can have something like that delivered. Oh, thank you. Raven, you and Aiden were headed for the pool, right? Yeah, we are definitely going to swing through the kitchen to ask Lucas for a bottle of wine for us to share. Of course. Can I recommend this Villa Sparina de Gavi? It's quite refreshing. Perfect. Enjoy, Miss Eugenia. And when you come out onto the pool area, it's again this like misty little motes of light drifting around and just like twinkling clear water in the pool. And you can see like shapes through the fog of just like probably Coraline and like a massive serpent just chatting by the edge of the pool. Raven gets to the doorway, stops and sees all of that and is just like yep, seems about right and then just heads <laughs> towards the hot tub. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> gently sets the bottle of wine down, jumps into the hot tub, stays underwater for a few seconds, and then comes up and like arms on the outside wall just sits for a bit. Aiden will just step in the way you're like supposed to step in. <laughs> <laughs> the normal way, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. I just kind of sit next to you. She'll like nudge your shoulder with hers. But yeah, you can feel your wounds also fully healing. Fully? Fully. The water is all enchanted by Hugo's stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah, she definitely takes a few minutes of not saying anything and just letting that happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, same with Aiden. She was at three. Yeah, Raven was at three. Just like sinks in up to like her chin. So the water's like just under her nose and it's just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Aiden reaches over and she takes out your hair buns and she just gives you a little head massage while you're sitting there in the water. This is a good idea. You have so many of them up here. And she kisses the top of your head. Cute. <laughs> Raven's just like dead to the world. This is great. <laughs> when you come up, your head like bumps something and you look up and there's the sea serpent just like staring down at you like big eyes like. Hi. That's Jessie. She's the other roommate I mentioned at dinner. Corey is climbing out of the pool and she walks over towards the two of you. I'm Raven. I realized I haven't been introducing myself to anybody here. Sorry. It's okay. You were all in rough shape when you got here. Yeah. Doing a lot better now. Yeah, this is a very cool thing your friend Hugo did. And Corey shakes some of the water off her arm, but it just turns into more of these little sparkles and motes of light in the air. It's full of surprises, that one. I suspect you might all be full of surprises. Are you also magical? Yeah. Yeah, we've all got different uh, special things about us. I use a tarot deck to summon spirit creatures. Felicity can turn gravity on and off, among other things. Uh, you already know about Aiden, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I know all about Aiden. <sighs> Not engaging. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> You know, I was going to give Aiden a compliment in that moment. I was going to be like, oh, you know, Aiden, perfect, whatever. <laughs> just had to get a little, it's fine. We're moving on. So how did you two meet? Uh, well, we met in my hometown. We worked at a diner together for a while. Hmm. Cute. For us, it was a garage. Nice. Aiden at this point has noticeably stopped playing with your hair or giving you a little massage and just has her hands folded in her lap under the water. Oh. <laughs> she is so tense. <laughs> Raven's going to kind of like sink more into the water and like lay her head on Aiden's shoulder in kind of a cute and comforting way and also in kind of a like obvious mm. to Coraline way of like, this is a thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's being just a smidge petty but rationalizing it to herself that she's not being petty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot going on. There's so many layers to this whole thing. There's, there's so many layers to this. Corey just like doesn't get into the hot tub with the two of you, but she'll like sit and like just dip her like legs in. She says, I got the broad strokes when Aiden called me earlier. Still, sounds like you two have been through the ringer together. Yeah, a lot of near-death experiences in a short time. I guess that'll happen when you're dating a human, huh, Aiden? 
I don't... I mean, it's not like you and I didn't have our share of close calls. Raven's going to interrupt. I'm so sorry, Natalie. Oh, no, Raven's going to yeah, interrupt. No. no, go for it. This is exactly what I want here. <laughs> She's just going to be like, yeah, humans are kind of the fucking worst. <laughs> Coraline just looks at you surprised and says, you get it. Yeah. You think I'm going to stand up for us? We suck. Aiden turns to look at you with this sort of incredulous, but also sad expression. And she just says to you softly, no, you don't. In general, like big picture, humans, you know, we're not all bad, but in general, kind of suck. Corey seems much more relaxed now for some reason. She just like has her hands like back on the edge of the hot tub. She's like, I've seen some of the shit these corporate execs get up to at their parties. You would vomit on the spot. I believe it. Money changes people. Aiden gives a very pointed look at Coraline and she says, yeah, it does seem to. I didn't mean for that to be a dig at Coraline. <laughs> I'm just trying to agree with her, but she's also one of them. Listen, layers. This is fine. She's got so many layers. <laughs> and Coraline is like, listen, I know it's your whole thing to care about humans and see the good in people, but it doesn't mean the rest of us have to. Raven, was it? Yeah. She just looks at Aiden then back at you. Good luck, girlfriend. And she takes a sip of whatever drink she's got. <laughs> We're doing our best. Aiden kind of deflates a little and just leans into you a little more, Raven. If Coraline's drink is like finished, Raven will gesture the wine bottle towards her in case she wants some. Yeah, she'll take some. I mean, it's her wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, just a little peace offering. Oh, nice pick. I forget how I got this from exactly. Might have been one of those social media guys. Ugh. She stole wine from Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Not sponsored. Not sponsored for sure. <laughs> no, his name is Mark Fuckerberg. It's definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden is pretty quiet at this point. This is this is tough for her. I will say Raven at this point is clearly a little more comfortable. Up to this point, she's been very quiet and very tense. Mm. She's had a little bit of wine and she's actually had a couple of words with this person. And I feel like she internally has been like, okay, she's not that bad. We're cool. Mm -hmm. Does anyone else want to come to the pool at this point and be part of the scene? Whitaker's going to stop by to make sure that like nobody fucked anything up, I guess. But he probably won't stay long. Maybe dip his toes in, clear off that last bit of harm. When you come out to the pool, Whitaker, uh, you can see the girls are like sitting in the hot tub zone. Again, this like big serpent is kind of just like occasionally breaching and lifting its head over to like mutter things to Coraline or, you know, whatever. When you arrive, Chessie's attention seems to be drawn to you and just very slowly starts to inch towards you. Whitaker pauses defensively. Hi. Um, Whitaker sort of tilts his head, looking past this Jesse to see, um, just to get a read on the expressions on the other three girls. Like, this is Aiden normal. seems tense, but probably not for that reason. But not reason. because of, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, Whitaker doesn't have a huge idea of what's going on there, but he's not an idiot. <laughs> mm -hmm. If Raven makes eye contact with Whitaker, if she's facing that way, I feel like she'd give him a little thumbs up. Like, it's cool. Hi. Um, pleasure. I'm, I'm, I'm Lonnie. Nice to meet you. Woo 
<laughs> Corey calls out. He doesn't understand you, Chess. They look back at you, the like whiskers above like their ridged, scaled eyes kind of like twitch and flit around a little bit. A couple of them like reach towards you, almost like lobster antenna for a second and flit back. And Chessy turns and dives back into the pool with a big splash. <sighs> and Corey just calls over you, Whitaker. She says you've been through the channel? The channel? Which one? The one. The one she uses to get around. Oh, is she like, um, Wheelertuck Bay monster? Any, any relation? Any connection? Chessy breaches for a second. You hear a familiar... <laughs> and a whirlpool forms in the pool. Chessy dives into it and vanishes and you don't see her shadow under the water's surface anymore. Uh, Whitaker has a slight visceral reaction to the whirlpool. <laughs> and moments later, there is like a burst of water under the surface, like something imploded or exploded under the water. And then she bursts out again. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, right, the channel. I am familiar. I didn't realize it left, uh, left a mark. <laughs> It's more of a scent, I guess. Oh, all right. Uh, so does that mean I'm like, we're friendly? Jesse's pretty friendly with most people, except your friend in the bucket. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's part of the course. Jesse makes a very disapproving growl and slaps the water with her tail a couple times. Yeah, Jesse, I, I've been through the whirlpool a couple times. Went to Scotland. And he's just going to, like, make small one-sided conversation with the Chesapeake Bay monster, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's super oh. cute. <laughs> Corey will actually get up from the hot tub. Oh, cool. We can we can relieve some of that tension. Yeah, she hands the wine back to you, Raven, and she says to the both of you, I'll go play translator for those two. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. And she'll kind of, like, tip the wine bottle in, like, a cheers kind of way to say bye. And then she's going to snuggle with Aiden in the hot tub for a while because she's exhausted. As Coraline walks by, she traces a hand from one of Aiden's shoulders across to the other. See you in the morning, first light. <laughs> oh my god. Raven's going to be the bigger person and not acknowledge it. Aiden at that point just <laughs> melts below the surface of the water and you see like bubbles coming up. <laughs> We're ignoring it. We're snuggling. Raven's just chanting, like, be the bigger person. Be the bigger person. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Miss Coraline, with all due respect, I I suppose I don't really have any business saying how you conduct yourself around Miss Brightwood. But um, I'd appreciate it if you didn't start anything while we're here, if that's quite all right. My ex called me for the first time in 10 years this morning and asked if I could help her and her friends hide from the forces of hell, a crime boss, and the Eastie agency. If I don't get to fuck with her a little bit while she's here, it just seems a little unfair if you ask me. <laughs> Whitaker takes a stop. Yeah, I suppose we all want an excuse to fuck with our exes, huh? Just a smidge. She'll be fine. I'm over it. I've got... Oh, shit. I should go check on him. Uh, sorry. I'll be right back. Maybe. <laughs> and Coraline leaves. Whitaker goes back to having one-sided conversation with the Chesapeake Bay monster. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
Hugo, Lucas says to you, Mr. Rashad, if you'd like a change of clothes, Miss Duskart's wardrobe is eclectic, but I'm sure we could find something temporary for you. You know what? Sure, why not? So he'll lead you up some stairs into like a room that is just full of racks of clothes. You gather probably from Coraline's designer line. Oh, There's clothes all over the place. Some are on mannequins. Some have little notes attached to them or pins in them with like little tags and that kind of thing. But Lucas just goes over to a rack, fetches out a couple things and hands you like a few shirts and some shorts. These might not be perfectly sized, but they should be serviceable pajamas until your clothes can be cleaned and dried in the morning. I will make it work. The master bathroom is just in there for you to change. Thanks. You step in to change, and the clothes fit surprisingly well. You can see why Coraline might have chosen Adrian as her assistant. The man knows how to assemble a fit, but there is a knock on the bathroom door. Uh, just a second. Yeah, yeah, take your time. No problem. Make sure he's properly dressed. Hugo, you recognize the voice on the other side of the door. Oh, that's concerning. His eyes go wide like, wait a second. Who does that voice sound like? <laughs> oh, oh, wait. I have an idea. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to guess, I just want to know before I tell you what your guess is. <sighs> is it Rian? Want to open the door and find out? Let's open the door and find out, shall we? Standing in front of you, dark, messy hair, shirtless, his many whispered tattoos on full display, wearing only boxers and like a loose robe, is Rianne Hillcrest. Damn gay. <laughs> well, you're a long way from the church. What the fuck? How's it going? Hey, man. Uh, what are you doing here? Uh, lying low, licking our wounds, trying to figure out a way to stop an apocalypse. You know, usual stuff. What are you doing here? And that's when you hear Coraline speak up as she's entering the room. Hey, babe. There you are. Get dressed. We have company. Oh, I see you found some. Sorry about this one, Hugo. He's always a bit of a mess. And Coraline walks over to Rianne, puts her arms around his neck, and gives him a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> And he is still a little flabbergasted, and he's just looking between the two of you, and he says, We should talk. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, we should. But I will say, this works. <laughs> Proud of you. Let's talk. Thanks. I think. Wait, do you two know each other? Yeah, we go back. A long ways back. Corey glances between you and Rianne, and something clicks in her head, and she says... Oh, that makes sense. I know I'd seen tattoos like that before somewhere. <sighs> and she slaps Rianne on the butt and says, Get out of my way. I gotta pee. And she will <laughs> shoot you both out of her master bathroom and closes the door on you. <laughs> oh my god. This is my surprised face. I assume you're not gonna need that water from New York now, are you? No, I do still. I haven't been there. God, it, so... Okay. Let's, yes, let's, let's sit down. Let's sit down. Ugh. So he pulls up a little soft footstool and sits on it and is just staring at you with like bewilderment. And he's like, man, I did not think we would cross paths all the way out here, but I guess that makes sense given everything you've been going through. Yep. Any chance you've caught the news recently? 
No, I've been asleep. What happened? Well, there's highly likely a chance that we're probably on it for horrible things. Oh my god, dude. To be fair, we didn't do the horrible things. We were trying to prevent the horrible things. And yeah, the subway has cameras. Take out the cameras. That's like step one of every job. What do you- It wasn't a job, so protocol wasn't a thing. Well, fair enough. You usually just throw protocol out the window anyway. Ow. (laughs) So I'm here making those amulets is very expensive. And Coraline and I, we go back a ways. So I thought I would try to call in a few favors for you and your group. And that turned into flying out here. And then that turned into getting blackout drunk. And that turned into some other decisions, which I may or may not fully remember. And I've been here for a few days. Are you happy? I'm not unhappy. Good enough. I haven't actually asked her for the money. I figured I had more time. You don't need amulets, right? Do you need it? You do, right? You need them. I think you said... You probably need them, but funnily enough, um, you might not have to ask her. Uh, You remember Aiden, right? Yeah. I'm not going to say that there's any degree of competition. I'm not going to say you should worry about yourself. (laughs) But let's just say that they have a past and... (gasps) You are now in the same slot, so... Oh, shit. Well, I probably don't have a shot with her anymore if I'm also seeing her ex. <laughs> Unless she's into that sort of thing. I, I don't even know. I really <laughs> hope I don't find out. Well, listen. This place has wards on it that I set up a couple years ago, uh, last time I was out to visit. Oh, sweet. So we're good as long as we stay here. Once you leave, though... Oh, gosh. You guys are royally fucked, aren't you? Yeah. Well, that depends. We have demons trying to get us, which is its own problem. We might have the government trying to get us. We have an agency trying to get us, which is its own problem. Uh... Cool. I'm already tired. I just got up. I'm already tired. I'll do what I can to help. I assume you have a plan or the start of one? Apparently there's a plan floating around. I have yet to be informed of what it actually is. Recovery was a priority. When I say it was bad, let's just say that Lives flashed before eyes many times. Damn, dude. I'm sorry. Let me get on it. You look exhausted. I'm fresh. Or I will be after like a couple of cups of coffee. I will do some work tonight and uh, I'll see what I can do. And then tomorrow we'll figure out what your next steps are. If you see a glass down there with um, green stuff in it, don't drink it. Uh, sure. Corey gets out of the bathroom at this point comes over to Rianne. You're not allowed to go to work right away. And she whispers something in his ear and gives him a very suggestive look as she lets her hand rest on his abs for a moment before starting to walk away. Oh, yeah, sure. Be right there. I'll let you get back to your other business. In like an hour or two, I'll start working on some stuff. I will talk to you later, Hugo. Have fun, you two. (laughs) Gets up and chases after Corey. Felicity, you're walking down the driveway to Coraline's house, and you are, I guess, still on the phone with Mira, just sort of talking to her as you walk down there? Yeah, I think so. We left it off. They were FaceTiming. Mm -hmm. At the end of the driveway, at least from inside, you can see that 
shimmering dome of glyphs and gold sigils that was in the air when you attempted to summon Mira is, you know, it has descended as you've walked further down the um, the driveway and ends right in front of the gate. Mm-hmm. Mira says, turn, turn, the, turn the phone around. Maybe I can get there if, I, if I'm able to see it. Okay. Um, and she'll just kind of like turn the phone around to give like a panoramic sort of view like of the surrounding area. She'll just like fiddle with the phone and try to find like a, what is it? Find my location. Yeah. You can share your location with Mira. And Mira says, all right, one second. And the screen goes much darker. And you see stepping out of a couple of bushes down the road or the cul-de-sac that you have to like pull out of to get onto Corey's property is Mira. I feel like Felicity's still too exhausted to be like energetic about Mira showing up. Yeah. So I think she just puts a hand up and starts waving. Sure. You see, she looks around, spies you, and then there's a little like clop, 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 as she runs over. She looks like a human, but you can hear her hooves underneath the the glamoring. (laughs) And she comes up and just as she's about to get to the barrier. Wait, 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 wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. I don't know if you could come in. She kind of slows down enough, but there's also just like a and she like splats against the barrier a little bit. Not super hard, but enough that you get like that like cheek impression, like a oh, where is she? Like takes a step back. Huh. She'll trace a finger, and everywhere she traces, those sigils sort of light up as if it's sending a little electrical pulse through them. Yeah. One of the mantis bros that lives here says if you're not on the list, you can't come in. So exclusive. My, my. <laughs> yeah. Um, Corey seems nice. That's good. That's good. She just studies you for a minute. Why don't we sit? And she'll just sit down cross-legged in front of you on the other end of the barrier or the other side of it. I'll just get as close as I can to the edge of the barrier and also sit cross-legged. How can I help, Felicity? I don't know. Everything's been a lot lately everything's been a lot for a while but (laughs) Ashling and now this guy that we just fought was really scary and I feel like I can't do anything or I do too much and there's no balance and I don't know how to help I just I'm so tired and scared and I don't know what to do anymore. You hear a faint buzzing as her hand is just sort of resting on that barrier. You can almost see in her fingertips like she's trying to force her way through. Her face is completely calm, but like you can see the muscles in her hand and her arm flexing. Oh, if she could get past this barrier. And she says, have you ever considered that maybe you shouldn't be trying to help? at the moment, then maybe you need help right now. Maybe, but it feels wrong to leave everyone. It feels wrong to just say, hey guys, sorry, we've been through all this trauma together, but I'm, I'm gonna peace out and I'm just gonna leave. You guys are on your own now, like, ugh. And I think uh, she'll put her hand up to meet Mira's. You know, it's kind of like that stereotypical movie moment. There's like a, a pane of glass between people or a magical barrier. And she's just trying to like hold hands without being able to hold hands. Yeah. 
Felicity, when you do that, your hand passes and you do make contact with her fingers in her hand. Oh, I think she just goes full all on hand holding then, like interlaces fingers with mirrors. You can do that for a minute. It does feel that once your hand is out, like you kind of want to be pulled out of it fully. Uh, do you want to be doing that? Should you be stepping out of there? Oh, um, and she'll pull her hand back really quickly. And then kind of, I think her hands kind of just like drop into her lap, like a little defeated at first. Yeah, she lets you go right away. It might not feel good to leave, but it does seem like you could, if that's what you wanted. I, where would I go? We could go anywhere. It's a big world, Felicity. You'd go with me? Of course. Beatrice can handle herself, and this seems important. And, and if you're worried, I mean, about, you know, this monster you just met, there's always the havens. I've shown how we can jump into them if they're around, but once you're in, you can jump from haven to haven. You just have to know the right magic. Demons can't get in, right? I'm not aware of a demon ever managing to. I think she kind of, like, sits with that for a second and looks down at her hands, awkwardly fidgeting with her fingers, just kind of, like, processing... You feel a little something nudge your elbow. Oh, got my elbow. <laughs> you see the white fox mask face of your new spirit companion looking up at you as they nuzzle into your hand. They sort of pat up under you the way a, a dog who wants pets might, but then they rest their head in your lap. <laughs> uh, I feel called out right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, flitting out of the hood of whatever jacket you've got on is Tom, and they land on your knee. I think I scoop up the one pawing at my elbow and put them in my lap. And after a beat, I look up at Mira, a little misty-eyed, not going to lie, nod and say, I want to go. I want to come back, but I need to go. Of course. Felicity Starnbrook. Goings, goings are the start of something, not an end. Right. Okay, wait here. Let me, um, I, I can, I can go get my stuff. Yeah, get your things, let your friends know, and, uh, oh gosh, tell the angel, I promise on my life I will keep you safe. I mean, she'll freak out about it, I'm sure, but. Yeah, um, she's gonna. Go, go handle your things, I'll, I'll be fine. Okay, and starts walking as quick as she can up the driveway. Whitaker, what are you up to? Whitaker is going to find Coraline if she's not otherwise engaged. I think you could catch her before she and uh, Rianne get occupied. If you head up to her room and knock, she comes to the door and you can see her black lipstick is already kind of smeared to one side. Hey, sorry I never made it back to the pool. Um, can I help you? Very quickly, he's going to say, Now, knowing what you do, this might be a silly question, but I don't suppose I could borrow um, a needle and thread. And Rianne is sitting on her bed further into the room and gives a sort of amused wave. <laughs> hey, man. Good to see you. Hey. Yeah, you tried to kill me the last time I saw you. <laughs> To be fair, I voted not to. Oh, you did. You know, yeah, you're in my good books. Appreciate that. 
Yeah, I feel like I've indirectly saved you and your friends a few times at this point. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know what? Amulets came in clutch. Thank you very much. And Corey snaps her fingers kind of impatiently at you. What did you need? Needle and thread? Sure. Sorry. Here. Good night. Sorry. And she I didn't shoves to... a whole sewing kit in your hands and closes the door. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> great. Um, so yeah, you have your sewing supplies. What are you going to go do with those? Uh, after a prompt exit uh, from the scene, Whitaker is going to, uh, he's going to walk out of the mansion entirely and he's going to make his way back to where they parked the truck and opens one of the floor compartments in the trunk of the car and out pops the giant, brightly colored, stuffed head of a Tyrannosaurus Rex, one from a carnival so many episodes ago. Aww. <laughs> and uh, having wrestled this three-foot-tall monstrosity out into the open, he flips it over and starts very surgically performing a, a sort of autopsy on it. He takes out a pair of scissors and cuts open a big slit in the stomach, and using this needle and thread, starts to sew in a secret pocket into the stomach of the dinosaur. He sews a little zipper in and puts a few items into the, the little cavity that he's created. A kangaroo-saurus, Rex? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any items in particular or just like... I trust that they're things Whitaker could have acquired while on this road trip. Yeah, they're fairly simple things. Inside the dinosaur, buried under handfuls of brightly colored Korean candies, a bottle of lychee-flavored ramené, and a burner phone, there is a crisply folded note. If I've timed this right, this is your get-out-of-house-arrest-free card. The trailer's been dumped. Didn't have time to do a proper burn, but it's outside the city, so there's still some time before the agency finds it. Below are the address and coordinates to where it's parked. If you need some evidence to give the director to get back in with the agency, this is it. You show that you're not in leagues with me, clear out any remaining suspicion against you, and don't let this go to waste. I'd rather you give them the coordinates and get in good standing with the director than see the DC police raid my shit and turn it over to the agency all the same. Cheers, Prith. Name the dinosaur something cute for me. Whitaker. Gotcha. Okay. He's going to zip it back up. He's going to send this gift on its way, and he is going to attempt to make contact with Mira again. Oh. Starting with like whispering her name because he is in need of his delivery girl. Okay. Um, Mira? Mira? You don't get a response, but what's Whitaker's sharp? Whitaker's sharp is two. You do hear sort of a, a light, like a crinkling, almost like a glass chime or something uh, going off. And if you look around, you start to see the dome, that gold dome above you, casting a yellowish hue on the night sky, pinging with little sigils and symbols that run throughout it every time you say Mira's name. Like something is bouncing off of it. All right. It's a good security system. Um, seeing this, Whitaker is going to take out one of his burner phones and make contact with Mira. The old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way. Okay. I like the idea that maybe, Felicity, you have just turned around and started walking up the driveway, and Mira, a little phone in her pocket, buzzes. Oh, my God. 
Jones Parcel and Delivery Service. How can I help you, sir? Damn, that's good. <laughs> I've been branding. Well, don't brand too hard for our sakes. Oh, right. This is supposed to be undercover. I'll make it a bakery or something next time. Focus less on your logo design and focus more on getting to me. Why can't I summon you? I mean, I have an idea, but I figured I'd ask. Yeah, well, actually, I'm, um, I'm right outside. Uh, but this, you know, tricky little barrier. And you hear more of that, like, sparking noise as she definitely drums her fingers on the surface of it. If you come down the driveway, I can certainly take a parcel for you. It seems you can push things out of this barrier. I just can't get in. Should I tell Felicity to wait? Felicity's with you. Yeah, she actually, um, well, she figured this out first. Ah, uh, that makes sense. I really can't go like two hours without her calling you, huh? We're just bonded like that. All right, well, be there in a minute. And yeah, keep, keep Felicity there. All right. Hangs up. That was your friend Whitaker, and he, uh, he's going to come down and give me a parcel to deliver. Oh, okay. So. I guess I'll just wait here then. Okay. And depending on how long that driveway is. It's kind of long, but you know, 10 minute walk. Oh, Jesus. Fucking rich people. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, within that time frame. Felicity, Mira, you see Whitaker walking down the driveway. He's got his ripped, nice clothes on, still a little blood spattered. And underneath his arm is just a massive, brightly colored stuffed animal. You see Mira's eyes go wide and her mouth opens up and you think maybe she's not saying anything until you realize she's just uttering a sound so shrill and high pitched that it's inaudible to human ears. (laughs) (laughs) Whitaker's face is dead serious as he carries this. Just this goofy T-Rex with a zipper over its tummy. You're gonna draw this, right? <laughs> like, I, we need Whitaker with the dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> Mira Jones, I'm gonna need you to deliver this to one Prithy Devon, and I'm gonna need you to be extra careful about its delivery. I don't know that I've met this person, but I'm sure I can look them up. I've got the address right here for you if you need it. Oh, perfect, yes. They're in Portland. Oh, hop, skip, and a jump. No problem. Mira snaps her fingers and she courier outfit. I might need you to uh, brand yourself as perhaps a, um, God, I can't say brands, can I? In this episode, you absolutely can. (laughs) (laughs) At this point. (laughs) (laughs) Might need you to brand yourself as uh, USPS uh, or, uh, oh, I love the idea that it's Amazon Prime, but like Mira does like Glamazon Prime or something <laughs> stupid like that. You only notice if you look close enough. Like, is that a G? There's a little GL right at the front there. Also, I feel like impersonating a USPS person is probably illegal. It might be a probably federal, a federal offense. offense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not that she'd get caught, but she's Faye. Who's gonna arrest her? The Eastie Agency. Oh fuck, the Eastie Agency. You're right. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> no, that's so correct. Oh, I haven't played in a while. We're back at it, baby. <laughs> Contained in this parcel is fairly sensitive material. So if you can make this look like the most average delivery possible, and please be aware of any surveillance, they are currently under house arrest. Oh my. Well, then this is more like a mission rather than a, a simple delivery quest. All right, well, let me see him. She kind of makes grabby hands on the other side of the barrier. Whitaker very delicately passes the Tyrannosaurus Rex through the, the bars of the gate. Gives its head a little squish. 
Yeah, once she gets the T-Rex, she literally cannot resist just like immediately hugging it and burying her face into the head of the T-Rex. There, there are breakables in there. Please be careful. I'm being very gentle. What's their name? I don't know. It's going to let Prithy decide. Well, uh, I'll deliver this as soon as we head out. Uh, we? She just kind of gives a look to Felicity. Miss Stombrook? I, um... You heading out then? For now. I'm sorry. No. Felicity, this was a big one. All right? I don't expect to force you to get through this one. (laughs) Where are you going to go? We were thinking the Havens. I've never actually gotten a chance to show Felicity where I grew up. (sighs) And it's off the radar of your demonic pursuers. And I know we're short a couple amulets, so, you know, at least there'll be one more to share. I'll be safe. See, it's the Fey Realm. Shit gets weird there. No offense. Well, I'll have Mira with me. She'll look after me. <sighs> Mira, what do I have to pay you to guarantee that you that you never let go of her while you're in there? Well, we could super glue our hands together, but I don't think that'd be... All right, maybe not literally. I promise. I mean, she'll be, we'll be quite safe. The Havens are a nice place. They're like the nice place. A sort of. So I've heard. I suppose this is safer than keeping you on earth but Fussy you don't want to well I don't know when were you thinking of heading out well I was heading in to grab my stuff and you were coming down the driveway so I waited for you so yeah probably best you head out as soon as possible and like Whitaker kind of turns his head away and he's not like there, there aren't like tears in his eyes or anything but um he does look genuinely sad to hear you go. Kind of something he knew might have to come up at the start of this whole mission. Mm-hmm. Felicity, I think, steps forward and just gives him a hug. I'm gonna miss you. Oh, he hugs you back so, so tightly and he, like, rubs his head over your poorly cut hair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna miss you too, kid. And I'm I'm glad you're not sticking around for this one. Would would have loved to have you, but I'm glad you're doing this for yourself. Be careful, okay? No promises. Hey, you be careful. Holy shit, fucking Fey Realm. Hey, I've got Mira on my side. It'll be fine. I know, that's what I'm worried about. You see Mira is outside the barrier, just like dancing with (laughs) T-Rex. Incredible. Oh, I love her so much. What? Will you be able to get in contact with us while you're in there? Maybe she looks to Mira. Could I give you letters for them? Could we do that? To be a bit serious here for a minute, if you're worried about what's outside of this, taps the barrier, then really once we go, you should stay in the Havens until I hear from your friends that it's safe. All right, I suppose that's probably for the best too, but if you can find a way to let us know you're doing all right, I'd appreciate that. And then she looks at you, Whitaker, and she says, I mean, once you're out of this thing, I'll be able to hear you when you call me, even in the Havens. So I can play sort of telephone with you all. Won't that be fun? Might be the one fun thing to look forward to. Hmm. If you don't hear from us in maybe, maybe a week, maybe a week or two, uh, oh, I'm trying to figure out how best to word this. What I'm trying to say is, I need some way to guarantee that Felicity can, like, 
or, or some instruction to give Mira to help Felicity return to like some semblance of normal life. I don't know if I have the resources. Uh, yeah, and I don't know that Whitaker could guarantee that, especially in a situation where he's not in touch anymore. Like I know what he's implying with that. So yeah, let's give me give me a line because yeah, I don't know if I can achieve this as neatly as I'd like to. To Whitaker saying like if if you don't hear from us in two weeks, Mira quickly intuits what you're skirting around and she says I'll make sure Granny watches the news and fills me in yeah that'll do alright well you you should go get your things my dear and we'll be off okay she'll just awkwardly kind of step away from Whitaker I don't think she stopped hugging him during this whole exchange (laughs) (laughs) and goes walking up the driveway and she might like look over her shoulder back at them real quick and then just keep walking I mean, Whitaker can come with you to, like, carry a bag or something or whatever. Yeah, I think Whitaker would go with her. I don't know if he's got anything particular he needs to say to Mira. He goes and catches up with Felicity. Okay. Raven. Aiden seems... Well, she's just been pretty quiet. And once you've gotten out of the hot tub and changed for bed, she comes by the guest room you picked from the six Corey had set up for you all. And she pauses in the doorframe... Hey, so I'll see you in the morning. Are you not? You don't need to sleep. I was going to ask if you wanted to stay here. She blinks a couple times, the way she's been doing whenever you suggest or do something sweet. Could I? Maybe just nods a bunch. I'd really like that. Me too. You can, you know, you can go if you get bored after a while, if you you don't have to hang around all night. She kisses you. Cute. Raven, I won't be bored. Fair warning, though, I I think I am going to sleep like a rock the second I hit this pillow. Yeah, you need your rest. It's okay. Okay. Just, you know, communication. Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry it's been so weird. I knew it would be, but we need her help. And she's just, she's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) And she gestures at the house and... Kind of implying everything you've had to experience since getting here. Yep. It's, she's a lot and it's, it's fine. You're right. We need her help and she's, it's fine. Aiden takes a minute to read your expression and then she takes her hands into hers. If it's not, I'll say something to her. Okay. I think we'll be okay. She's just trying to mess with you, and I can see that. And she's trying to mess with me, and I know what she's doing. And yes, it drives me insane, but it's not a big deal, and I'll get over it. (laughs) You know, I, um, what I mean is, I appreciate you putting up with it. It's all right. I mean, if we could stay anywhere else, and Aiden pauses, and then looks at you with this little glimmer in her eyes like she just had an idea. Wait here a minute. I'll be right back. Oh, okay. Sure. And she leaves and heads down into the house. We see her looking into the different rooms. We see her check with Trey and Screech, who are back on their Twitch stream. We see her run into the kitchen. And eventually, she starts to look a little, not worried, but like a little more like frantic. And she comes outside into the driveway and sees Whitaker and Felicity coming back towards the house. 
and she jogs over to the two of you. Hey, I was just looking for you two. Um, could I borrow your amulets? I want to do something for Raven, but we don't have ours. Um, yeah, Aiden. Hold that thought. Um, Felicity, does Aiden know? Felicity just gives like a bit of an awkward look to Whitaker, like, oh shit, I wasn't expecting to say this already. We can hold off a bit if you need a moment. No, it's okay. Um, and she'll take hers off and she'll hand it to Aiden and say, keep it. I only need it for tonight. You can have it back in the morning. Well, keep it for a while. Um, I'm leaving. You're... what? I'm going with Mira to the Havens. I'm gonna stay there a while. It's kind of been a lot lately with the, the past life and now Snellergast. And it's freaking me out. I'm I'm scared. Okay, I'll admit it. I'm scared. Um, She takes your hand that's holding the amulet out and just pulls you into a hug and holds you for a second. It's okay. I know it's scary. I'm sorry I didn't check in with you sooner. I'm sorry. I didn't want to tell you like this, but... It's all right. This is just really hard. I know. I'm sorry. And she sort of pulls away and takes the amulet with one hand while resting her other on your shoulder. And you can see she's got tears in her eyes, but she's still smiling, and you can tell she isn't afraid for you. I love you, Felicity, and I trust you to look after yourself. Thanks, Aiden. I love you too. You should take Ruby with you. Oh, I thought that was a given. And she'll laugh and hug Aiden again. Yeah, she'll squeeze you tight again. And she says quietly, we don't always get to pick which battles we're asked to fight, but we should get to decide when we need to stop fighting. So take your time. Go figure out whatever you need to. Choose who you want to be without anyone else telling you who you should be. Felicity, Ashling, maybe somebody entirely new. And she pulls out of the hug and just sort of holds you with her hands on your shoulders. I can't wait to see what you do next. And she'll give you a little kiss on your forehead. You guys take care of each other, okay? We will. And Aiden smiles and looks to Whitaker, and she'll take the amulet from him. Okay, um, I've got to head back. I told Raven I'd only be a minute. Yeah, go. Um, see you sometime. (laughs) She turns and starts to walk away, but she pauses and smiles back at you over her shoulder. I'll see you around, kiddo. And she turns and walks back into the house. You and Whitaker can collect your things and pack your travel bag. But we're going to follow Aiden as she gets back to Raven. She walks in. You still up? Yeah. Here, put this on. Oh, okay. She'll put it on. Kind of look down at it, confused. And she walks over to the big windows that look out over the forest behind Coraline's house. She undoes a latch and pushes them open. Then she turns back to you. You can see she looks a little nervous and she's blushing. There's also a little golden glow peeking through in her cheeks. Mm -hmm. And then her wings appear. Raven stares for a second, just kind of awestruck because that doesn't get old. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Raven, let's get out of here for a while. Raven will take Aiden's hand. She pulls you into her arms. 
Hold on tight, okay? <gasps> Where are we going? She smiles and squeezes your hand. Raven squeezes back. Let's go home. And there's a flash of light. You appear in a much smaller bedroom. It feels familiar and sort of cozy. You get hit with, like, sense memory. And the smell of the air, the shift in temperature, and even the time of day changing. You're in Aiden's apartment. Oh, man. Uh... I think Raven's going to get really emotional about being home. Yeah. And I haven't been home in a really long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man, the urge to, like, run out the door. Not away from Aiden, but just into Autumn Falls is strong. It's a lot. And I think they spend a long time just holding each other, foreheads together, not saying anything, just being together back home again. With her head against yours, she says, I thought it'd be nice to just have some space that was ours. And she'll give you a little kiss as you kind of settle and get grounded after the teleport. And she goes to open a window so some fresh air can get in. Mm-hmm. Raven's gonna like sit down on the bed and then like flop backwards and just kind of let out a huge sigh and close her eyes. Aiden goes and turns on like one of those strings of fairy lights that's like around her window she doesn't open the blinds fully but she will like crack them so you can let like the sunset light in because it's it's earlier in the day here with the time difference mm. and yeah I think you just from the bed catch her as she turns around still like haloed now by that like <laughs> golden light pouring in Raven's just got like heart eyes <laughs> Like, oh my God, <laughs> just like the sunset behind her mm-hmm. and the the wings and the golden sparkles. She's speechless <laughs> and it shows on her face. She catches you staring and she dismisses her wings, but she can't seem to stop her cheeks from glowing. <sighs> Cut it out. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Just you're amazing. Thank you for this. How did you know we could get out of the barrier? I thought nothing could get past Coraline's security. Oh, I, um, I asked Cory about it before we left. She said it was fine. She reaches her hand out towards Aiden. Come here. We see Aiden take a step forward, and with a creative camera cut, we are suddenly witnessing a brief flashback as we see Aiden walking down the hallway of Coraline's mansion. Heading back to Raven with the amulets, she's nearly to the room, but she slows down and turns back to a door she just passed. And without even knocking, she just opens it and says, Hey, Corey, I need to ask you about your... And then she trails off as we see the massive, dark, constantly flickering shape of the moth girl straddling Rianne on a giant king-size bed <laughs> with a bunch of different candles burning in the room. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, Aiden, no. what the hell? Oh my god, I- Get out! Aiden quickly shuts the door and just <laughs> leans against the wall in the hallway for a second. Her cheeks crimson <laughs> with embarrassment. <laughs> we hear muffled but hurried talking on the other side of the door. And a moment later, Coraline steps out in her human form, hastily tying the sash of this expensive looking robe around her waist. 
Corey, I'm so sorry. I just... Stop. Listen. I know I've been teasing you a bunch, but I didn't think you'd take any of it seriously. We would have to sit down and talk about that. And I'd have to see if Rianne was okay with something like that. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. God. No, it's not anything. No, I, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't. Absolutely not. Oh, spicy. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I just... Corey, I've been living in a trailer for eight weeks. I guess my sense for personal boundaries has gotten a little lax. I just came by to say that I wanted to take Raven out for a bit. Maybe overnight. Can you open the barrier for me? Coraline frowns briefly, but then we see her expression lose a lot of the frustration and annoyance it was carrying. The barrier won't stop you, Aiden. It was never designed to. Look, I know we aren't great for each other, but my home is always open to you. You're still on my list. What about Raven? Corey rolls her eyes and avoids looking at Aiden, but she says, Anyone who's important to you is on my list. That includes her. You two can teleport out and back in whenever you want, same as Jesse. Thanks, Corey. You're a good friend. Are we finished then? Because there's a sorcerer in there with the patience of a saint waiting for me to fuck his brains out. Oh my god. I, I'll let you get back to it. Get it, Corey. Corey turns back, but pauses as she's half in, half out of the doorway. Seriously, good luck, Aiden. I know getting into this sort of thing is hard for you, considering, well, you know. And Aiden smiles, clutching the amulets and glancing in the direction of the guest room where Raven's waiting. Actually, it's not as hard anymore. Not with Raven. Oh. <laughs> and we cut back to the two of you in Aiden's apartment, and she's just looking at you with this heart-meltingly warm smile. Oh, this is fucking cute. Did Aiden explain that to Raven, or was that just a flashback that Aiden had? That was just a flashback that Aiden had. I think she would spare you the secondhand embarrassment. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, Raven would die. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I checked. Yeah, I checked. She said it was fine. Flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, she just hugs you and she says, we can go back in the morning. Is this okay? This is perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. She's going to snuggle up to her and we'll both look at the sunset together. No. And then she immediately falls asleep because she's exhausted. <laughs> yeah, you pass out immediately and Aiden just sits up with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's instant. <laughs> so, you're welcome, everyone. For <laughs> Finally, on-screen sex. <laughs> <laughs> and it was with nobody we expected. Moth girl and some priest. <laughs> that one sorcerer guy. Priest? Is he a priest you know. or is he a sorcerer? Which one is it? Both. I mean, to be fair, like, they weren't, like, in the middle of actively fucking, but they were, like, getting more into the mood. And this is the third time they've been interrupted. So. <laughs> Playing Unholy by Sam Smith in the background. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's just the hulking form of Moth Girl. The giant <laughs> silhouette with the glowing red eyes. What? Yeah, that, that was, was great. Like, oh, oh my god. <laughs> okay, Rianne. Good for you. Hell yeah, man. 
<laughs> we see Whitaker walking Felicity back to the edge of the driveway, carrying her bag of things, and Tom and your other spirit companion following along, and Ruby on her leash. A trio <laughs> of companions for you uh, follow you to the edge of the barrier. As Whitaker walks Felicity and her several animal companions to the barrier, he stops in to give Felicity one last hug. And um, as he's as he's pulling her in, he puts his uh, face like right next to the side of her head and says, If we never see each other again, promise me you won't go looking for us or, or for the thing that got us. Promise me you'll try to go back to a normal life. This life isn't good for people. It'll eat you up. I don't know if I can make that promise. I'm just saying. It takes strength to fight, but it also takes strength not to fight. I've... I've only got the first kind. But I hope you'll be stronger than me. I think she kind of gives him a sad look. Whitaker, you're literally the strongest person I know. And you don't give yourself enough credit. <laughs> Alright, get going. Mira looks like she's about to burst over there. Love you! Gives him a big hug. Love you too, Miss Starnbrook. Mira has her hand outstretched on the other side of the barrier. I will step out of the barrier. She takes Mira's hand, looks back over at him. Good luck out there, firecracker. Smiles. Keep your recruits in line, agent. Oh, that's cute. She pulls you into a hug. And as her arms come around, one of them reaches up and tips her little delivery cap. See you around, Alonzo. And they vanish. Oh, I don't like that the Faye knows my name. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, she knows his whole name. What? <laughs> All right. Whitaker, you can turn and head back to the house. You're done. Yeah, that's it. He's going to probably go turn in for the night. Call it for the evening. Mm-hmm. Nice work, Mel. I tried my best. <laughs> Damien, what have you been up to that night? Flying around, keeping an eye on everybody. Okay. Some kind of bird or a bat or something? Yeah, if it's nighttime, uh, bats are pretty cool. I think he would just sort of fly around and keep an eye on things outside, sort of like he would do when they were traveling. Mm. Staying inside the barrier for safety, but still flying around the edge as a bat. Yeah, I mean, the woods are the woods. They're very manicured, like I said. It's like Coraline has paid someone to make them picturesque. But aside from that, the barrier covers like maybe an acre outwards from the house. Damien, can you read a bad situation for me? Nine. I think that's just one question. Any dangers we haven't noticed yet? As you circle back over the trees of Coraline's driveway, as you're making another loop, you catch a green flash on the outside of the barrier. And then you see Whitaker walking back up the driveway alone. And you see someone approaching down the road. They're on like a moped type of delivery vehicle. And as they approach the house, you see something shoot out from the shadows, grab them and pull them in. 
and a package just falls onto the pavement and a bottle of green tea rolls out and stops against the curb. I'll fly over, staying inside the barrier Mm -hmm. for safety. Stepping out of the bushes with the black bandage over the top of their face, covering their eyes, and licking two fingers is the human form of Snellagaster. Hello, puppet. Sorry, sorry, I'm I'm working on it. Uh, my brother in vice. Hey, it's good to see you again. Uh, do you have a moment to chat? He grins and slowly walks up to the barrier with his hands in his pockets. Well, good evening, Herr Edgecrest. Seems my intuition was right. The last place I sensed you was nearby, and lo and behold, I have found your hiding spot. I mean, it's a pretty big, gold, shiny deal, so not uh, not too surprising. I was uh, I was just wondering. You seem to have, you know, a pretty strong alliance with the princes and whatnot, and they're sending whole armies after me and all sorts of spawns. So I'm trying to think: am am I being the asshole? Like, have you guys figured out some super cool plan where everyone ends up with jet skis? Or or is everyone just going to end up dead? Because if you guys have a cool plan, then yeah, I'll give you guys the spark on a platter. I'll gift wrap it for you. But it, it seems like you just want to kill everybody. You are indeed an asshole, but that is a given. <laughs> or perhaps besides the point. As far as a plan... I'm not aware of a particular plan, but what I do have is a purpose, which is something you have been sorely lacking for the last several decades, it seems. So much so that now when divinity is within your grasp, you have done what with it? Driven across this sad little continent? I cannot wait to wrest this spark from your cold, slimy chest and deliver it to demon lords who actually know how to harness it. Yeah, that just sounds like there's going to be a lot more more dead bodies. And I kind of need people to be DJs and drive cruise ships. So I'm sorry, I'll, I'll try to help you. But um, if you're going to be self-destructive, then I can't help the outcome for you. <laughs> you are a funny little slime, Heritage Crest. <laughs> I'll be seeing you. Uh, and he turns around, and as he walks away, his form becomes less and less humanoid, but it becomes impossible to tell what it becomes because the shapes just start to blend into the darkness as the light fades down the street. And eventually he's just gone from your vision. Next morning. (laughs) There is breakfast laid out on the table for you all. Lucas has prepared a a breakfast buffet, almost like staying at a hotel, except everything is like nicer quality because it's all from like the local grocers and that kind of thing. But when you all crawl awake, Mr. Lucas says, please enjoy breakfast. I've made fennel and prosciutto mini quiche. Bacon-wrapped dates with a maple glaze and a cinnamon nutmeg waffle batter, should you feel inclined. 
There is also a colorful assortment of fruit or sugary breakfast cereals, depending on the level of comfort food you might be seeking. Coraline will be waiting for you all out in the yard uh, when you finish. So you all can grab something to eat. But as you head outside, you can see Rianne is there with a book, several empty mugs, and he gives some of you a wave, the people who like didn't know he was here yet. And one full mug, because Damien wouldn't need to eat breakfast, so he would have been outside first. So you're just hanging with Rianne? Yeah. You all see Coraline standing out amongst one of the few grassy zones of her property. She turns to greet all of you. So... Aiden wants to use dreams against one of her siblings, but I'm going to assume none of you have any experience dreamwalking. Damien makes some cricket noises. <laughs> we stare at her blankly. Technically, I was supposed to get some training on it. I opted not to. All right, uh, I'll come out and say it. What's dreamwalking? Whitaker's already in his running clothes. He got up at 6 a.m. Dreamwalking is... An advanced type of illusion magic. Illusions are magic which draws on dreams and the dream realm to bring forth things which don't exist in the real world. But if you can draw dreams out into the world as illusions, you can certainly send illusions into someone's dreams as well. At a base level, the magics are indistinguishable from one another. And sending some misleading dreams to Beelzebub is, I think, your plan? And she looks at Aiden, who shrugs and says, This is why we came. You're the expert. And Coraline gives her a sly wink. Let's get started then. Is this something you intend to teach us how to do or how to navigate around? Because not all of us are. Okay, well, sorry, I'm not magically inclined, I'll say. She grins and looks to you, Whitaker, and you blink and she's behind you. Jesus Christ. Just her long gloved arm kind of drapes over your arm. She leans forward. He grabs it. He fucking grabs it. And he attempts to like judo throw her. She turns to smoke as you throw her over and she swirls around in front of you, lands and her form becomes the moth creature, cryptid. Black wings out and around you. Whitaker grabs for Damien to get his fucking sword. Are we doing this? Are we doing this right now? She just gets right up in your face, the big red eyes swirling in a shape of darkness. I can tell you've at least had some experience with nightmares, Lani. Yeah, I have. Fuck off. Then you have the potential to walk in my realm. And she's back to her calm, complacent self. Gonna need to try harder than that. You'll need to try harder. In the world of dreams, uncontrolled emotions will be your downfall. I can teach you how to weave dream magic and walk the realm, but whether you're any good at it, well, to hear Aiden tell it, the fate of the world might just be riding on you all being quick studies. So let's dream. And she spreads her hands and the ground she is on <laughs> splits and 
moves away from you all and rises up into the air. And the next patch over also starts to split and move. The trees start to grow larger. A mountain forms. A river pours out of the ground and forms between you. She is just manipulating the space around you as if it is fluid and malleable to her will. And when she rises up onto this like pillar of stone and looks down at you all, once again, she morphs into the moth cryptid and she calls out to you in this bellowing voice. In dreams, you will face horrors beyond imagining and yet you must not fear. You will be adaptable, but cannot be changeable, lest you lose your sense of self to the dream. You may explore landscapes of another's unconscious, but resist the influence of minds within your own. And you see as more things begin to shape out of the sky, portions of the clouds change color and swirl into psychedelic nonsense. Blades of grass stand up on cartoon legs and wander in front of you in a way. Cracks in the earth open and wails of shrieking cries and magma spout forward from them. Chaos is just erupting and changing and spilling out all around you. Can we stretch first? Damien and Aiden are not in this space. Whitaker puts the glasses on. Are there even glasses to put on? You reach for the glasses in your pocket. You know you put them in there. You don't feel them. Motherfucker. Dream space. Damien, you are standing in the yard where Aiden is also standing there. She's holding Raven's hand like she was ready for something to happen. But Corey is just standing there with her hands outstretched and head down, eyes closed. And all of your human companions fell asleep standing up and are just standing there motionless, like with their eyes closed. Not even like that their posture is lowered, but they're just standing there calmly serene. Aiden looks to you, Damien. I think she's already started their first lesson. I guess it's time for yours to start too. I am so excited to help make this world a better place for me to live in, but I do not know what these steps are. She will squeeze Raven's hand and then let it go. And then she starts walking towards you with her fist starting to glow golden. And she says, if we're going to defeat Schnellergeist, you need to learn to weaponize that thing. She puts a golden finger on your chest and the spark is drawn to that point and dances there like lightning in a plasma ball. I'm excited, but I it's a spark. It just it's a glow stick in my chest. I don't really know how to make it do things. So we better get to work. Well, what can it do? What what direction am I aiming this thing? Mr. Lucas. Yes, Miss Brightwood. Is there a portion of the forest Corey hasn't had landscaped in a while? If you're looking to cut loose, I would direct you to the northwest corner of the property. Thank you. Come on, Damien. And Aiden will walk with you out into Corey's curated forest. Back to the chaos. Does anyone have any words for Moth Girl? As she conducts the wild craziness around you. Fucking hell. 
is all Lonnie says. Raven's trying really hard to, like, plant her feet and stand her ground and look really confident. It's difficult. The ground is like jello. Everything's moving. Everything's shaking. (laughs) She's just trying really hard to make it seem like she's like, yes, let's do this. All Mm -hmm. business inside. She's like, oh, fuck. (laughs) As soon as she said your emotions are going to get the best of you, Raven was like, well, that's it. (laughs) This is going to be some really difficult lessons. Hugo, where are you at? This is exactly why I didn't want to learn this. This is exactly (laughs) why. Mm. Atop the spire she's created, the moth girl's wings extend and she calls down to you again. The first light has named me your teacher. She leaps off and lands at the base of the spire near all of you, morphing back into Coraline again. And I intend to make you all exceptional. And that's where we'll end our session. All right. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Miss Tilda Swinton. Yep. Miss Tilda Swinton, Doctor Strange. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm about it. <laughs>